Greenberg. I've, I've hey. been pretty messed up at times. I never thought, like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I could go for some dead flowers. I Anybody never had else? my pants on backwards, Bill. <laughs> uh, I can't say that. You've had your you know, pants I on grew backwards? up in the 90s. I mean, at least in my house, I tried it on. I never I never did it. You experimented with the criss- statement. crisscross? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Baseball jersey backwards. Everything backwards. Oh, yeah. Were you on a dance team? I mean, not oh. officially. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was the name I, of your dance? What was the name? We didn't have I name. want video. I got to look something did up. Did you have I a name have like some, Turbo honestly, or something? No, no, of course not. What was it? I didn't have one. Oh. <laughs> Nothing to But go. nice try there. Not that, like Turbo. That honestly might have tricked me out of it. Yeah. Like, hey, it wasn't Turbo, you idiot. <laughs> it was White Lightning. Right. Randy Bellman <laughs> and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 11. It's 66 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. The grand jury report into the child sexual abuse by priests and seminarians in Pennsylvania's six Roman Catholic dioceses is now public. The report lists the names of 300 predator priests who worked across the state, including in the Catholic dioceses of Pittsburgh and Greensburg. Attorney General Josh Shapiro says the findings show a systemic cover-up from the local level all the way up to the Vatican to protect the abuser and the institution first, over the safety of the child victims. Grand jury report listed 99 accused priests who served in the Pittsburgh Diocese and another 20 that worked in the Greensburg Diocese. The names of the priests who are fighting the allegations are redacted in the report released yesterday. The report identified more than a 1,000 victims statewide but said many more either decided not to come forward or had their information lost over the years. The Post-Gazette is going to stop printing a Tuesday and Saturday edition of the paper later this month. It's reported the publisher sent a letter to funeral directors this week alerting them to the change starting August 25th, according to the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. The letter cites rising costs for production as a reason to cut production down to only five days. I never understood that. The Sunday paper looks like a meatball hoagie delivered to your house every day because it's like seven inches thick. But the Saturday paper looks like they put a tissue in the in the plastic bag. Like, couldn't you? That's why no one reads the Saturday paper. There's nothing in there. I feel like well, that's you, probably if you why just they're if you just converted or, or spread it out a little yes. bit, you can still sell some Split Saturdays. The difference. Well, they'll still do the online edition, but just I think not it's just them. years and years and years of lifestyle uh, being whittled down to understanding how people spend their day. Sundays, people are typically leisure in the morning, sitting around. And they can, you know, reading the paper is a pastime. Saturdays are usually get your ass in gear and get the kids here, to there, everywhere. Yard work. Yeah, not quite right. as much uh, time to sit down and hang out. I'm just still a holdout on print newspaper. I know I'm I'm sort of at the top range of technically being a millennial, but I just think there's something so distinguished and contemplative about actually like unfolding a newspaper while you're drinking coffee and reading about what's going on in I the like world. it too. Well yeah I mean we watched adults do it yeah. as kids. I feel like I'm like, emulating well, my grandparents. Minute, I'm here yeah. now what that's obsolete? No 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 no. Plus that- it's way better to poop with. <laughs> Undeniably. Yeah. Because then I- you know God forbid you run out of toilet paper. Yeah. I will say the the Back end up. of print media has really cleaned up the third floor bathroom here. There were uh, times when you'd walk in there and it looked like maybe somebody was painting. 
<laughs> Why? Because they, they were laying tarps down. There's just yeah. papers everywhere. Yeah, we're like everybody's reading. Hey, you got the sports section here? over there. Hey, give me that. Yeah, you know. I always feel like a good Samaritan if I'm like at an Eaton Park and I'm reading the newspaper and I'm done and I'm just like I'm just gonna leave this here for somebody else. I feel like I've done a great service to the world that <laughs> yeah. I'm putting good karma out there. That Mark. you know they don't have to spend a dollar sixty five or whatever it costs. Someone's like, this jagoff left a paper here. Who reads the paper <laughs> still? Guy doesn't clean up after himself. A Phoenix woman says she killed a rattlesnake in her backyard, then ate it. 3TV reports the unidentified woman beat the snake over the head with a shovel ah. to protect her dogs. Her dad reportedly said, hey, let's keep the skin as a souvenir and just eat it. Which, I think, are they they people eat are rattlesnake. They, they sell rattlesnake at the market district out in Robinson. Yeah, I think that you were. So it's not right. that crazy. It's a delicacy. It's well, Church Brew works. They have it in parochies. That's right. Yeah. So it's just like uh, you know hunting, I guess. Why well, heard rattlers uh, had evolved to stop making the noise now? So oh, that's could good. Not alert you. Yeah, because you know. They're like, yay, stupid Lenny over there without the rattle. Yeah, you dummy. You're not a real rattler like us. Fork in the back of the head. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Beat with a blunt object. Turns out these maracas are not <laughs> are not evolutionarily helping us. Hey, if we're not moment. joining Santana, what's the use of this, guys? <laughs> and how's this for a nightmare? In England, wasps have been hanging around beer gardens, getting drunk on fermented fruit and leftover cider, then going on stinging rampages. In the beer gardens, the wasps are building massive nests. They've been doing it all summer, and they're just terrorizing people there. God, that I just that's that's terrifying. You know what's even more terrifying? Have you heard how uh wasps attack cicadas? No. You know, right now cicada time, you'll hear the cicadas. Yeah. All the end of summer. Mm-hmm. Um apparently these wasps like nose dive cicadas, like and then do the stinger first attack and go plunging into the the cicada's outer shell the husk yeah and then like just like totally like spear the cicada meat inside (laughs) and go in and just start (laughs) like sucking the thing so you'll hear cicadas i didn't know this where where they're making that noise you'll hear like the life sucked out of them sometimes sometimes the noise will be like (laughs) oh sweet god what kind of YouTube channels are you subscribed to? I'm telling is, you, man. This is horrible. It's the weirdest, grossest stuff ever. It, uh, those wasps freak me out, man. Uh, wasps and hornets, they're oh, yellow yeah. jacket. There's no reason for them. None. Well, I kill them wait, every time. Wait, which ones pollinate the flowers? I don't know. None I don't, of those. Yeah, it's honeybees and bumblebees. and. I think yellow jackets might. Don't they? I, I don't know. The cicadas are like, look, dude, Screw I've been talking them. to my cousin. He's a rattlesnake. We got to stop making noise <laughs> because we are drawing attention to ourselves that is hurting us. That's why every, th- I mean, I, I sometimes think people forget that we're in the animal kingdom and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone acts like we're so cruel to each other and like, oh, you know, why can't we have you know income equality? At least we're not plunging stingers into each other and sucking out our, <laughs> each other's meat. Right. Well, the, so um, this is a slightly better than what we're doing. Yeah. The assassin beetle, don't they kill the stink bugs? Do they? I think so. There's an assassin beetle? Yeah, it looks like it has armor on it. 
It checks into a hotel by itself <laughs> the night before. It kills the stink bug, and it lays out all of its plans on its bed. Flip the coin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel lucky? Heads or tails? Yeah, I think it has like this weird, um, like horn thing that. Oh, those you, are. It's, it's oh black. My God, yes. Yeah, the whole the whole the animals are filthy, disgusting. Every, every single one of them. The fact that they deviate from our behavior at all is just hilarious to me. Like, you ever think of what, like, the sex talk for, like, trout must be? It's not like, you know, it's like, well, when a mommy trout loves a daddy trout, the mommy trout lays eggs in a low, low-lying sea, seaweed bed, and the daddy trout sprays his sea, you know, and like all... <laughs> There's no romance. Uh, Family Guy and the Simpsons are heading to the big screen. News outlet NME says Fox is working on films for both of the long-running animated sitcoms. The one for the Simpsons will be the sequel to the Simpsons movie, which came out in 2007. Fox is also planning a movie for Bob's Burgers that'll be out in 2020. Release dates for the Family Guy and Simpsons films have not been revealed. Cars previously owned by former Beatles Paul McCartney and John Lennon are set to be sold at auction. McCartney's 1965 Mini Cooper S. DeVille and Lennon's 1979 Mercedes E300 will be sold at the Worldwide Auctioneer's Auburn auction on September 1st in Auburn, Indiana. McCartney's Mini Cooper was one of four ordered for each Beetle by manager Brian Epstein in 1965. Ringo Starr's Mini was purchased by Spice Girls member Jerry Halliwell, and George Harrison's is still owned by his wife. And a Beatles 50th anniversary limited edition yellow submarine box set is set to be released with no music or film inside. Available October 10th, the set contains a graphic novel, a yellow submarine figurine, cards, posters, and more. The box set will be limited to 1,968 copies commemorating 1968 the year the original film was released. Humid today, sun and clouds, temperatures in the mid-80s. It's 66 at DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us. Yeah, Mr. Wednesday. Look no more. Look no further. It's telling Bill I'm kind of bummed out because it feels like we we jumped the shark on summer just this week. It feels like fall out there. Yeah, cool at night, raining nonstop. Just August in Pittsburgh. The rain has really been something though. Yeah, oh, it's I'm disgusting. It, it's not falling like oh, it's raining for a little bit for a couple hours, or we've had rain for a couple of days type of rain. It's raining every day in huge buckets coming down flood style, like super fast. Yeah. I feel like the the most popular phrase this summer is batting down the hatches. There's a wave of coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I, we're living inside the movie Seven. I was I had a window open because it was kind of cool, and I figured rain was coming a little. You know, eventually yesterday I'm like working in my office, and the, the windows open, the rain starts, I can hear it, and I'm like, okay, I'll get over there and close that window now. And by the time I had gone over and closed the window, it Drenched. was already yeah, the yeah. floor was wet. I'm like, what kind of rain is? It was coming in sideways. Yeah. Craziness, but you know, look, it could be worse, um, in numerous ways, and it, there could be a red tide killing everything 
in the three rivers right now. We could just be smelling dead fish like they have down in Clearwater. Well, there's still time. We could have wasps stabbing into our human meat. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that wasp just nose diving or dive bombing rather into the into the cicada meat. Something about that. How do you pick up on this? Is this is this part of like I feel like you're like me where you Rabbit will holes. dive into YouTube channels and just get for for four hours mm-hmm. and completely. Mm-hmm. I was watching something the other day on someone explaining a quantum computer to a five year old, and my wife was just like, "What? How much time did you spend on that?" I was like, oh, "About forty five minutes." <laughs> That's forty five minutes of my day on a topic that literally <laughs> bears no relation to my success in life whatsoever uh, or my happiness. But I feel you're like wrong. That's my whole day. I think you're wrong. Why do you say that? Because that's the kind of stuff that informs... There's a reason why you stick with it. There, it, it will inform your comedy, your uh, your viewpoint, your lifestyle, something. When you do that, it has an effect for some reason. Jeff, I'm coming up with reasons for why well, I'm on IMDb for an hour and a half after having seen uh, you know, uh, Better Off Dead for the 100th time. Yeah, my, my counter-argument to your gracious argument for my, my YouTube you know, screw-offery, basically, <laughs> is that uh, I followed up the quantum computing video with uh, uh, 45 minutes of gym fails. <laughs> so this is people deadlifting and then passing out and slamming their head off the walls and you know uh, having bench presses fall on them and stuff. So I That's don't know. That's a good way to end the YouTube search, though. I used to yes. do that. Like I, I would be in this wormhole and then I'd be like, "There's only one way to get out of this: bum fights." <laughs> and then I just watch <laughs> homeless people knocking each other out for. For 25 minutes to close it I've, out. I've watched so many people get knocked out on YouTube. I'm starting to complain about reruns. Right. I'm like, I've oh, seen man. this one before. Come, Come on. on. There's got to be more people getting knocked out. At some point, there had to be the first non-empathetic um, caveman that laughed at the other one getting hit in the balls. You know? Absolutely. Like, but, but, but I bet for I a little while they're kind of like, yeah, I've had that. That's the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah like, we're concerned about the tribe. You yeah, can't produce any more yeah, offspring right. to feed us when we're older. But at some point it turned, and uh, America's Funniest Home Cave videos <laughs> happened in real life, and, and people just started Except laughing at the misfortune a, of others. It's in a painting on the wall. But I, I, don't, I just have show. to move along. You still watch it? Because it comes on after the news. Yeah. So it's just on. It's like, it's still 60, 60 minutes, it's like your 401k is dissolving, and there's war right. in Syria, and then it's just like, here's Carlton, you know, cutting to a, a picture of a, of a dog jumping in a garbage can. That's right. Yeah, there's something about. It. I just wonder though if, if that it, we started that way it's or if we slowly evolved into laughing at the misfortunes. Well, of there's others. there's one of the I forget which one of the great three Greek uh, philosophers actually thought that that uh, laughter was some sort of indication that you were evil because he found himself only laughing at like when people fell downstairs or like tripped on their togas <laughs> or something like that. I laughed. I'll never forget <laughs> this because I won't forgive myself for it. The worst most evil laugh I ever had was a huge snowstorm in Erie, PA when I was probably like 20 years old and I was going to a place called Dig Dio's, which was a CD place, like a record store. Mm-hmm. And it was under, uh, it was like in a, like a um, strip mall section of the big mall. And so there's tons of traffic and it's like Christmassy. Uh, uh, I'm walking underneath after this huge snowstorm and there's a woman who's an older, not an old woman, but an older woman, is walking 
kind of right under the overhang of this uh, strip mall, and a huge just drift of snow lets loose from on top of it and came down right on top of her and it, and it filled her bags and it was sticking on top of her head and it was and I was so close to her and I laughed so because she just stood there and just took it and like because you have to you, you, there's a moment when you're cursing the world you're like why yeah, and I'm sure also, am I going to get out of this avalanche alive is, is a brief second of all of that, and because it, it really did pile on her, and I laughed so hard, and I'll never forgive myself for that. I mean, I went afterwards, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And she just like shook it off and kept walking and didn't say a thing to me. Ah, she's a tough eerie lady. I, I felt so bad about that. I'll never, I mean, I'll never but forget it. But I think it. most people know immediately, because there is that fine line between like, that probably hurt really bad to, oh crap, that person's in danger yeah. like and i think you can switch back and forth i think the hardest i ever laughed i was at penn state and my buddy was drunk already if that like four o'clock and we were trying to like rouse him out of bed to go to another party and he tries to put his pants on and he fell ass first into a garbage can so his feet were sticking up out of a garbage can <laughs> wiggling back and forth and then of course we started like pushing him around and like bringing him into other rooms because he couldn't get out <laughs> But college is very much about oh, yeah. the misfortune oh. of somebody oh, else. That's- yeah, I was. I remember once I had when I was living at home and I worked at the radio station in Franklin. I was walking to work one day. I don't. I don't remember why, but it was really hot. And I stepped up this really huge curb on the bridge. And I stepped up and I, tri- I tripped and just went face first right <laughs> out. And, and I you, laughed at myself. I got l- up and I bent over and just laughed. So did you lay there for like three seconds just thinking like, okay, I'm <laughs> off flat on the ground right now. <laughs> I thought, oh, people driving by must really be getting a kick out of this. Me and my buddy were, one time we were up in New York City and we were we were outside of this apartment building smoking cigarettes under this overhang and it was pouring down rain and we see this guy come out of the the uh the elevator bank and he he comes out of the elevator he's flying he must be late for something and he has this roller bag and he comes <laughs> out of the he comes out of the, the elevator and just drops something and so he gets that and then he turns the corner the roller bag like flips over <laughs> on its back and so we're already kind of like giggling because this dude is just struggling he comes outside and he's like fidgeting with all his stuff trying to get everything ready and he gets his umbrella and he goes to open it <laughs> and the entire top comes off <laughs> just cracked up in his face and he started laughing with us but then we like we're like oh we got to go somewhere so we start walking behind him and we're still laughing like halfway down the block and i'm like dude we got to go somewhere else because uh, i was like how funny would it be if we just followed him like on his plane and we're just like <laughs> just mock him the whole Can way someone tell me what is it about an uh, umbrella failure that is like funny to human dna like i've seen umbrellas like flip and go up the wrong way which is hilarious the entire top came off <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's never happened to uh, anybody well nobody was laughing yesterday <laughs> at steelers training camp st vincent college in latro because ben roethlisberger went down with an injury and uh, he is now in the concussion protocol. So oh. we are uh, anxiously awaiting uh, the outcome there. Mike Pursuta with a full sports report when we come back here on DVE. DVE Sports.
All right, Mike Pursuta, back in town with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is out brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Uh, the Steelers were holding their collective breath yesterday afternoon. Practice had been moved to Memorial Stadium in Latrobe because of wet conditions at St. Vincent. It was the last practice at training camp. The last seven shots drill and Ben Roethlisberger was hitting Juju Smith-Schuster for scores and Antonio Brown for scores. And then all of a sudden he was face down on the ground and he stayed there. Uh, but eventually uh, flipped over, got up, sat down for a little while, then got up and walked uh, out of the stadium under his own power uh, to general manager Kevin Colbert, who visited with Bob Labriola and myself last night uh, on Live from Latrobe. Uh, back out at Sharky's. Uh, from Kevin Colbert's perspective, it was a lot uh, better that Ben walked out as opposed to Ben being carted out. Whenever I see a player laying on the field, I always watch the doctor and see what part of the body they're working on. Um, and then, you you know, you, if, they, if they have to call for a cart or something like that, that's usually not a good sign. So, again, you don't want to minimize anything and we'll, we'll go through the protocol. Um, but anytime a player... Uh, gets injured and get off the field on his own, that's usually a good sign. Yeah, and a couple of players. Marquise Pounce, he said Roethlisberger told him he's fine. Uh, he said it was like some kind of whiplash thing. It was a it was a quick fade where Roethlisberger caught a shotgun snap and took a step back and, and kind of threw the ball off his back foot. And uh, from what most people have been able, or from what some people, I should say, were able to piece together, uh, it was Keon Adams rushing against Marcus Gilbert and they kind of brushed into Roethlisberger, and he was off balance to begin with because he was on his back foot, and he fell down and hit his head. I, you know, apparently, everybody was watching the pass, right? Because you know it's August, and we got to find out whether the offense scores in a seven shots rep or not. <laughs> well, first things first, you got to cut Keon Adams, right? How about Gilbert? Right. Well, you can't cut him. There's just not enough depth. Got to protect the quarterback. Roethlisberger seemed to be uh, coherent uh, in that a uh, couple fans along the fence as he was walking out were yelling words of encouragement. And he was he had a towel on his shoulders. He took the towel off and flipped it to him. So Joe Greenham. He, yeah, kind of. It wasn't a jersey. It was a towel with a Gatorade Still. logo on it. And then <laughs> people dove at it and were killing each other to get Really? There. Is that true? No. God, I wish that was true. Took a surge from a kid, chugged it. <laughs> Up until that moment, uh, Ben Roethlisberger had been having a very good camp. Head coach Mike Tomlin had talked about that in a press conference late yesterday morning prior to practice. Man, he's been awesome. Um, Been really sharp. Um, But not only in terms of what he does, just how he's communicating and helping and aiding in the development of some people that are going to work alongside him. It's been a very positive experience. Yeah, same can be said uh, for the Steelers in general at St. Vincent. The head coach liked what they got done as they get ready to uh, depart today and head to Green Bay. As we draw a uh, training camp to a close, it has been uh, a really positive experience. We've been challenged in some ways, uh, weather and so forth, but you know that can represent the journey. Um, that is a football season. From time to time, you're going to be challenged with things that are outside your control and how you adjust, how you pivot, uh, how you na- navigate those things oftentimes define you. So um, it's been productive. Um, I'm excited about continuing to move forward in the developmental process with these guys and uh, what's going to happen in Green Bay, obviously, is a part of that. 
Yeah, and that pivoting stuff he was talking about a couple days ago, it was delayed by weather. Yesterday they had to change venues and, and bus over to Memorial Stadium. Uh, lightning, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. you got to deal with it. He thinks they had a better camp than I do, by the way. Now, why do you think they didn't? Just because of the disruptions? Um, Injuries, right? Guys not yeah, being able to practice. The guys who haven't played are what stood out to me. Uh, they did get Bud Dupree back on the field yesterday, but he missed half of it. Sean T- Davis. T.J. Watt has missed almost all of it. Uh, you got two outside linebackers who are critical. They're changing positions. They've hardly worked at their new positions. Uh, Sean Davis and Morgan Burnett have hardly worked together at safety. Burnett's new to the team. Davis is new to free safety. Uh, you know, it's it's not stuff that maybe can't be overcome, but it's it's not anything I'd be especially excited about uh, were I in charge of putting this team together. I, right. would, I would be concerned. Yeah, the Morgan Burnett thing and uh, the uh, the Bud and TJ flip-flop are, are the things that I would be most concerned about defensively. Yeah. And you know, Those are big changes, man. Yeah, they are. And these are, you know, and, and Burnett's a veteran guy, but the other guys are all young, matter. young players yeah. who are, it's not like flipping a switch for them. They need the work. They need the mm-hmm. time on the field. They need to get to know how to work with each other as well as learning their new positions. Uh, yep. Dupree, at least back yesterday, Watt was doing some running along the sideline. Uh, Steelers play the Packers in historic Lambeau Field, 8 o'clock on Thursday night. We'll have the pregame. Uh, here on DVE beginning at 4, and then uh, the Steelers Radio Network pregame takes over at 6. And uh, if you're wondering if I'm going to have some Vince Lombardi stuff in my uh, open, of course I am. Of course you are. Spoiler alert. Because why wouldn't I? Uh, Pirates lost to the Twins 5-2 to in Minnesota last night. 3-2 game in the top of the eighth, and Francisco Cervelli popped out with the bases loaded. And then Richard Rodriguez gave up a two-run dinger to Miguel Sano, Jamison Tyone takes the loss. Three earned runs in six innings. He's nine and nine with a three point six six ERA. Uh, the Pirates have uh, they fell to sixty one and fifty nine. They've lost two in a row in four of their last six. They're eight out in the division, five out in the wild card. One more in Minnesota this afternoon. Chris Archer for the Bucks against Jose Barrios, Minnesota's best pitcher. Uh, that is uh, an afternoon start at Target Field. What was Jameson's line? Wasn't bad. It uh, wasn't great. Uh, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned, one walk and four Ks. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's Pitched like... out of trouble a couple times. He was, uh, leadoff guys were getting on. He wasn't locating. Yeah. First three innings were great. He was untouched, and then the last three he struggled. But, you know, six innings, three runs, you'll take that. Quality start. Definitely. Should be uh, should do a little better, particularly against uh, the guy Minnesota threw out there. Jake Odorizzi has been not great this year. Odor awful, and the, the bats didn't get it done. It's a good pitching matchup today, though. Archer against Barrios, and then they, uh, Archer could come through big time here. And then they come home for four against the Cubs, so it's kind of now or never. No, it's definitely the crank up the tune. It's now or never. Yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> It's now or never. Maybe uh, Stephen Brault can sing that. Sing it in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. God, he's not even here anymore. I think we'll hear so him. he's going to have to sing it pretty loud. Sing it loud. <laughs> if a middle reliever sings in Indianapolis, <laughs> does anyone hear it? 
<laughs> Val's got news coming up top of the hour. Valerie, what are you talking about? Uh, we'll talk about the results of a survey about where you run to when you have an emergency bathroom situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hope it's the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> On the way, we got Kia Tomlin. Coach Tomlin's wife is opening a new Steelers tailgate theme store in Aetna. This this is uh-huh. very interesting. Obviously, the people of Aetna have been tailgate deprived. Yeah. I think she talks like that. Aetna is Aetna. <laughs> uh, you know, Aetna is Aetna. I'm not going to get into that. Tim Wolfson from Wolf. from uh, Music for MS is going to be uh, joining us. There's a great music festival going on at Hardwood on the 18th, and uh, he puts it together every year, and it's always killer. And if you like New Orleans, he brings some of the best up from New Orleans for this one. And Double M, Mark Madden, who's been having a little bit of a meltdown lately. Little bit of a meltdown. He does not like the Steelers. He doesn't like anything. He's really... uh the Penguins. He loves the Penguins. Lo- loves the Penguins. But currently, he's not even talking about the Penguins. He's and just Arsenal. He's raging against the night right now. He is screaming <laughs> into the void. He is. I don't know what he's doing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of his most recent tweets, and I'm um, having little kids read them <laughs> to lighten the mood. Yeah, just so they don't seem so dire. Because boy, he's uh, he's really having a tough time lately. I'm not sure what what has uh, been the impetus for this. Have you seen some of his tweets? No. Yeah. No. He's losing I'm, his mind. I'm waiting for him to be like total witch hunt. They should fire Mueller. <laughs> they are. They are Trumpian. They are. It's crazy. Except instead of Mueller, he'll be like Smizek. They should fire Smizek. Like he's already gone. Fire him again. <laughs> it's the DVE morning show. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle is uh, hanging out with us. This morning. How's everything going over there, dude? Good. I'm getting ready for uh, vacation next oh, week. So. Good for you. Making the 13-hour drive down to South Carolina with a nearly one-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old oh. and zero attention span and zero patience. You got iPads? <laughs> what are you oh, doing? We got 17 iPads <laughs> lying right. in the car. Paw, pa- Paw Patrol on, on standby. Chargers galore. Oh, yeah. So this is this the first one? This is the first with 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 both. To, with both. Right. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Ooh. All right. What, Nags Head or where are you going? We've got a Hilton Head. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a awesome. long drive. That's, yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's well, that's a twelve-hour trip with two adults. Yeah. So are you're you probably looking at fifteen. Are you are you breaking? Yeah, we're it stopping up? in Greensboro okay. beforehand, but still. Because I said on the way down, you're still looking forward to have fun, so you can stop, and it's not that bad. But on the way back, you might as well just. Pedal to the metal. Just wh- why are you going to prolong the misery? Just oh. get home in one day. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well. Good luck, man. Uh, that's that's a tough one. Yeah, well, the thing I always want to do on those long road trips home because I'm a hundred percent with you. The going home is the worst. Worst, but. Long drives are better than getting stuck in an airport. airport. Oh, That's God, for yes. sure. Yeah. But I always want to do the, uh, I'm getting up at 6 o'clock and walking out the door. Like, I want to make get those first three hours of driving mm-hmm. in before the rest of the you know country is up and moving mm-hmm. around. But that's got to be tough to do with a one-year-old and a oh, three-year-old. Yeah. Can't get out of the house. No. No. Every, uh, the worst part about going on vacation is getting my wife out of the house. <laughs> Honest to God, because she, I've, I've noticed, I finally had this like epiphany of why men and women always fight about like being on time and everything like that. And it's because women 
try to get the entire family out of the door and yes. ready. Men are just concerned about themselves. So when mm-hmm. guys are like, I'm ready to go. I got my shoes. What's I got my belt on. Doing? That's why women get so pissed about it. But we were trying to go out to a concert the other day, just as a, as a mini microcosm of this. And she's running around trying to get the kids bottles. And it's, we're, we're now 20 minutes late, 25 minutes late. And she looks at me and she goes, leaving the house is my version of hell. And I said, getting you out of the house is my version of hell. It's just as bad trying to coax you out of here. But So what role do you take? Because this is an interesting dynamic. I think that there are two roles that guys take in this. And well, one of them is a very passive role where you sit back and just passive aggressively throw out a couple comments. This I've learned my lesson. So <laughs> this is this is what I used to say. At least you've learned. Are you ready yet? Was what I used to say. That's what I say now is what can I help with? Yes. Oh. Good job. So yeah. Good. I've learned I've learned that because she's <laughs> running job. around and these are all crucial things that need to get done like I, I always say that if if this is why my wife and I are a good partnership is because I'm a little bit more spontaneous and fun and like whatever we'll just go with the flow. We don't need to plan as much. She's a lot more like we need to have an itinerary and a you know a, a, a logistics manifest and everything like that. So if it was up to me Vacation would be throw a couple diapers and some granola bars in the back seat, and then we'll just see what happens. Well, hers, hers, we would be taking a a military brigade full of you know bridge supplies nice. and you know everything like that. Yeah, but you need the blend. Yeah, you definitely no, do. There's no Here's doubt. One you need to build in another comment. You know, another uh, you know sort of. Uh, you know trigger what yeah weapon to have in the arsenal there is whenever she says like whenever you say what can i help with and she says you can't help with anything you never help then you got to be like all right well i'm just gonna go sit in the car with the kids yeah then you just get you the kids in the car time. and then, then that's that's it see yeah when you're just at the dating stage i am throwing passive aggressive oh, shots absolutely because <laughs> there are no kids there's no nothing other than so remember when I told you I'd be here at 7 and then I showed up at 7.30 just to give you that whole half hour? Like, how I'm happy were you ready? during that half hour? <laughs> like, what, were you like, thank God he's not here? Oh, because see, you're not even close to being ready now. That's very passive aggressive. The, the extent of my passive aggressive used to be she'd be like curling her hair and I'd just make sure that I was in the reflection of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, have, the look my, at the I'd have my watch yeah. on just be like, oh. <laughs> you know, just make sure that you're in the peripheral talk, view. That's all. Talk. Oh, Jeopardy started. That comes on at 7. <laughs> Why is it so hard to get kids to put their shoes on? It's like they get, their feet don't fit the shoes all of well, a sudden they put when them it's on the time to leave the house. A lot of the time. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but they don't want them on at all. A lot of times. We've been going outside a lot for the summer, and I, I always say that you know we just can't have socks on. You either have to put shoes on over the socks or take the whole bit off, yeah. and then and it's always, always fine. I'll just take my whole my whole shoes off. But then yesterday he stepped on a slug, and I think I I think that was it for that. I Cold think he's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Thank God it was only a slug. Right, not a bee. Oh God. Or a snake. I stepped on a bee when I was a kid. This is the worst. Oh, everybody thing. does. Oh, yeah, I don't know why, but when I'm outside, I always feel like scared that I'm gonna step. You know, like a little those little toads that are always oh. around. They look like leaves. I always feel like I'm gonna step on one of those. That's why I I always wear shoes outside. We have a toad, and I don't want to feel that. Tim, take a picture of it. It's the size of the palm of my hand. Ugh. It's enormous, and I keep thinking, what if I step on them? <laughs> 
she, he's probably like, what if I step on her? <laughs> right. yeah. He might just bad. push me off. <laughs> he's so big. Get off me, <laughs> ribbit. Is there, you ever been driving? You see the squirrels in the road? And then you're like, he better, he's getting out of the way, right? He's getting out of the way. Oh my God, yeah. what are you doing? And then you're like, oh my God, did I hit him or did I not hit him? Do you look back to see if you did? Oh, of course. Yeah, always. I never do. I keep on trucking. Oh. I am a cold-blooded guy. Oh, yeah. I don't want to know. Because if I see that thing flopping around back there, I'll be like, oh. You I gotta, have to go back and run over. Yeah, I got to yeah. back up. <laughs> and then you really look like you had a vendetta. <laughs> I told you, you guys, that you son suffer. of a bitch ate all my acorns. <laughs> I picked my brother up to take him to a Steeler game. He's like, oh, I don't have any, uh, I don't have a, a good jersey. I was like, all right, we'll go to, down to the store, get you a football jersey before we go to the Steeler game. And we're driving. He hit this little cat. Oh, and I swear to God, with all four, four oh. wheels. <laughs> and this thing was just mangled. And he was like, it's my birthday, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude. What did you just do? You just be in tears all day. Oh. Oh. You know, I could not take that. No way. Oh, my God. That would be awful. <laughs> I hit a bunny once. I did like a year ago. I went back. It was on my way to like work. the trajectory of this a, conversation. I hit a bunny once. I hit a bunny once. It's like, this is, welcome to DVE group therapy. Guys, I This goes back to our person. earlier conversation. Like, I hit a deer, but it was only going like 10 miles an hour, and I thought it was hilarious because <laughs> I, I literally like sent it up in the air, but it just got up and was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> and then just like went back into the woods. So I thought that was like absolutely the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> If he put his paws on, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his on the, what the, I'm walking here. His paws? I said paws. Well, what what are his they called? Hooves. On a deer? Hooves. Hooves. Yeah, Up on hooves. the rooftop, reindeer paws. Isn't that how the... P-A-U-S-E, I think. Not <laughs> P-A-W-S. Like, they take a break. No. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Up on the... That doesn't make any sense. I accept your ex- explanation, but I still have questions. <laughs> oh, all right. Up on the rooftop lyrics. Oh, uh, my I mean, God. I'm Googling I mean, it right you got to settle hey, that right. Too uh, funny. Hey. Yeah. P-A-U-S-E. P-A-U-S-E? Like, take a pause. Well, who cares about the reindeer paws? Uh, well, they have, they to, have to pause. You, 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 the, you hear the reindeer on the roof. You hear their paws. No, you Listen, don't. I understand it's a hoofed animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, none of this would have happened if your wife would have just been ready to get out <laughs> yeah, of the that's door right. on time. We wouldn't have to pause. That's how you justify that mr Con- mr conkle mr wednesday <laughs> jeff conkle with us and uh happy vacation thank you yeah, safe travels fun. uh to south yeah, carolina good yeah. luck yeah we're gonna have fun yeah wait wait which part are you going to again at the at hilton head okay oh yeah so nice don't yeah. are you gonna ride bikes with the kids because we were talking about that yesterday there's bike paths everywhere yeah there's bike paths everywhere my wife was like she's like should we bring we're, we're getting one of those little like trail along wagons uh-huh. and my wife's like nice. i think we need to get everybody helmets so i was like if our kids can't withstand a fall from literally six inches going <laughs> you know four miles an hour i was like then they need beefed up a little bit then you know a, a, a nice concussion might toughen them up <laughs> jeff conkle mr wednesday berg Phoenix woman says that she killed a rattlesnake in her backyard, then ate it. 3TV reports the unidentified woman beat the snake over the head with a shovel to protect her dogs. Her dad reportedly said, hey, let's keep the skin as a souvenir and just eat it. They sell rattlesnake at the Market District out in Robinson. Yeah, I think that you're right. So it's not that crazy. It's a delicacy. 
White herd rattlers uh, had evolved to stop making the noise now. Oh, yeah, that's to good. To not alert you. They're like, hey, stupid Lenny over there without the rattle. Yeah, you dummy. You're not a real rattler like us. Fork in the back of the head. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Beat with a blunt object. Turns out these maracas are not <laughs> are not evolutionarily helping us. If we're not joining Santana, what's the use of this, guys? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after seven at DVE. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. For 11. It's 64 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. An extensive report from a two-year grand jury investigation accuses over 300 Catholic priests in Pennsylvania of widespread sexual abuse. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro says the church hoped that those accusations would never be made public. They sought to do the same thing that senior church leaders in the diocese we investigated have done for decades. Bury the sexual abuse by priests upon children and cover it up forever. Yesterday, Shapiro said the investigation involves six dioceses in Pennsylvania, including Allentown, Erie, Greensburg, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, and Scranton. More than a 1,000 child victims were identified, and it is believed there were many more than that. Shapiro says the investigation into child sex abuse within the Catholic Church is still ongoing. But uh, unfortunately, the statute of limitations is hindering prosecution. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro saying the Catholic Church, of course, did not want those findings to be made public. These petitioners, and for a time, some of the dioceses, sought to prevent the entire report from ever seeing the light of day. In effect, they wanted to cover up the cover-up. Here's here's my question, honestly. How is there a statute of limitations if there was a cover-up? Like well, that, that to there me, may not be. That's the sexual assault is. Well, that's what I'm saying. But they were covering up, like they were covering up a crime from being able to be prosecuted for a period of time. They but, were hiding this crime. The start of the uh, of the statute should be at the time of that the cover-up is uncovered. Well, they now want we the laws to be changed. Which I don't know why there is, I don't know who would fight against that. Well, because it's like the the argument against it is that it's hard to defend yourself against an accusation that's 30 or 40 years old. There's, you know, maybe witnesses have died. There's, you know, uh, evidence that's that's deteriorated. It's It's hard to defend yourself against a claim. That's the argument. I'm not defending anybody. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. I mean, I went right to the Erie section to see, you know, because mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic, eight years of Catholic grade school, four years of Catholic high school. Of the four priests I had in my parish growing up in my grade school, three of them were on the list. Unbelievable. In That's my unreal. high school, uh, there were four on the list from my high school. Yeah, it was almost 100 It was about a Erie, quarter right? to a third of the teachers in my high school were priests maybe mm-hmm. probably a quarter uh, were priests and you know i've talked about that before it was you know we knew you knew as a kid mm-hmm. it was a joke we joked around and one of the guys who's on the list was a priest that i used to joke around with about it like you used hey. to joke with him yeah like hey i better stay away from that one right and he would like kind of laugh and like it was like that well known and anybody who was in my 
class or within four years knows exactly what I'm talking about. That was the culture there. It was like you went in knowing like you better better uh, protect myself against this because mm-hmm. the possibility was there if you were dubbed to be one of the vulnerable ones. Oh, it was terrible. So, I mean, and look, you know, it, it profoundly affected my family, friends. It was it was a, it it was a rough going. Lives. But no question. When I read the Pittsburgh reports, because I didn't grow up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then you see how many of the, the priests here were involved with it. And then the extra curricular stuff that was happening around just actual assault and there was a ring they were yeah, in communication they, with they each other they were producing child porn on diocese property it's and just, basically using it as a directory like okay the, to identify kids and then you said they didn't they, they give, would they give, give crosses they would give crosses to kids that were groomed and had already been uh sexually abused and as a message to other priests yep you can go after that one the one dude who was on it from my grade school parish, he was the one I told you about that got busted in the the men's room at the beach. Like, oh, up in uh, Prescott. Uh, yeah, he used to. He was t- like all day alcoholic, and when we would go out for recess, he would be washing his car in a speedo. I'm not even. Ca- I swear to God, I'm like that. It would, but. You have like the wherewithal when you're a kid to joke about it. I don't know. Right. You're like, eh, what oh, a yes. creep, dude. Why would he do that? Eh, banana hammock. Eh, father banana hammock. You know. You don't like, think about that. No, you don't think about that. So I don't know. It, it was really hard to, to read all that stuff yesterday, and it's incredibly graphic and sickening. Yeah, so yeah, heartbreaking. And you know, you hope that people and their faith. You know, you're so protective of your faith that it's you just kind of want stuff to go away, so that you can return to your normal life, and hopefully, people won't shy away from addressing the things that need to be addressed. So that this doesn't happen to another kid, yes, uh, another s- family, you know, because it's it destroys families. Oh, it for de- I mean, yeah. people. I mean, how many stories have we seen that people who were abused by priests just their lives forever are destroyed? Yeah, they end up drug addicts, mm-hmm. yeah, with mental health issues, commit suicide. Oh, they blame themselves. They're like, "What is it in me that allowed him to right. do that to me?" So if you read any of that report, it will uh, it is shocking to put it mildly mm-hmm. because I'm like I was going through yesterday and on all the names I'm like I know all these names from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I knew the priests from the other parishes. They weren't in my parish, but I knew who they were. And the big names who covered it up. The bishops. Yep. The cardinal now. Oh yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, we'll talk here's, about that later. Here's what I don't understand though. How are some of these guys that are on that list still in the ministry because the church allowed them to stay it's just that's why like first things first they all have to go i mean the same thing happened all over the world they just you know there was an accusation or something even proven to send them to another parish get rid of this guy let him go somewhere else their name should be made public and okay yeah okay statue of limitations whatever public shaming Dude, did you hear- shunning is uh, underrated in my opinion. Did you see the page that listed the protocol that they were should do to deny and protect these people? Mm-mm. 
First, make sure to use euphemisms rather than real words to describe sexual assaults in diocese documents. Never say rape, say inappropriate contact or boundary issues. Second, don't conduct genuine investigations with properly trained personnel. Instead, assign fellow clergy members to ask inadequate questions and then make credibility determinations about colleagues with whom they live and work. Third, for appearance of integrity, send priests for evaluation at church-run psychiatric treatment centers. Allow these experts to, quote, diagnose whether priest was a pedophile based largely on priests, quote, self-reports. Well, that's what a lot of Spotlight exposed, the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fourth, when a priest does have to be removed, don't say why. Tell prisoners he's on sick leave or say nothing at all. Fifth, if a priest is raping children, keep providing him housing and living expenses, although he may be using these resources to facilitate more sexual assaults. So you're tied. That's from the grand jury. Your donations to the church helps hide it's these priests. i'm saying it's really hard stuff i don't even like talking about it but it, it's yeah, hard stuff to. to confront yeah let's lighten the mood and talk about trump there you go <laughs> <laughs> well now that you bring that up yeah. omarosa says president trump has no respect for women in an interview on msnbc the former trump aide and reality tv star was responding to the president calling her a dog in a tweet Newman claims Trump would grab women and kiss them in an unsolicited manner any time of the day. She said he would rather hire a woman who is more attractive and less qualified than a woman who is qualified but less attractive. What? Again, we already know this. <laughs> she's, not, she's not breaking any news here. Nope. She also said it was uncomfortable uncomfortable to watch him with Ivanka. I mean, that, again. that he covets her. Whatever. She's piling on. She really is. Omarosa, nobody's gonna like you. It Nobody doesn't matter. Did doesn't before, matter how much so. you try to you, to sway the the resistance over to your side. They're not gonna take you on as a mascot. Sorry, but and, she was right to record everything because she thought if I didn't have these recordings, you wouldn't believe me. I'm no kidding. I wouldn't. <laughs> I still kind of don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Pendulet claims Donald Trump made racially insensitive comments on the set of The Apprentice and that the show's executive producer, <laughs> Mark Burnett, has recordings. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> Everybody has recordings of him making racially insensitive. There's good Nazis. And I mean, that's, you know, right in the racially insensitive box. In an interview with Vulture, Gillette said, he quote, he would say racially insensitive things that made me uncomfortable. I don't think he ever said anything in that room like, African Americans are inferior. Or, or anything about rape or grabbing women, but of those two hours every other day in a room with him, every ten minutes was fingernails on a chalkboard, end quote. And I stayed on the show as long as I could. <laughs> right. It was a credit that really helped my career. Right. Well, Tom Arnold, hasn't Tom Arnold, is that who has been threatening mm, yeah. for like a year to release He's an idiot. a tape? Tom Arnold has gone full homeland on this. Like He's trying to bring the president down. Yeah, he's he's not newsflash. <laughs> not gonna happen. But wouldn't it Ms. be Mr. hilarious Barr. if it did? Like if Tom uh. Arnold brought him down, that would be the funniest ending to this whole crazy thing to begin with. If Omarosa and Tom Arnold were to bring down the president, <laughs> yeah. it would be fitting. It would be the end of the. Yeah, it the, would be the greatest grand finale of The Apprentice ever. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And on the last episode of America, the television show. <laughs> money, 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 money. All right.
Well, everyone, not much more light news here. Oh, more, good. More fun to, t- <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, We're God. dovetailing nicely from <laughs> murder. Come on, go right to murder. Uh, well, everybody's been in a situation where you start to feel that weird, rumbly, uncomfortable feeling in your stomach. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the times, that's I'm like shopping somewhere. Right. So what do you do when you're not at home? drop everything do you chance a white knuckle ride home no if you're if you're somewhat close if you're too far away from home where do you go when you're having a bathroom emergency 41 percent look for a public bathroom and by that i'm assuming they mean like a mall bathroom Mm -hmm. or right barnes and noble am i Uh, getting too specific a little bit 21 percent buy something from a restaurant to use their bathroom let me tell you something. Cheesecake if I factory. had to go and I saw Barnes & Noble, I would be so psyched. That's what I'm saying. The, <laughs> Just it, yank a magazine off the oh rack my and God. run to the back? That would be the oasis in the desert that would uh, you know, satisfy the, the, the urge of the moment. Because what I have been willing to settle for in the past has been nowhere near a Barnes & Noble. A Barnes & Noble is going to have a wood door. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to have to go somewhere like an Einstein's or something where you can't get past the staff without it looking awkward like you're just running to the bathroom. And Give me a number three, I have to go number two. <laughs> <laughs> and it's close. Like you're in a public bathroom, you're kind yeah. of away from stuff, but in a place like Einstein's, it's small. Right. You're and stacked in on top of everyone. Uh, 16% sneak into a restaurant to use the bathroom without buying anything. Eight percent immediately head home and pray they can hold it. Seven <laughs> percent use a restaurant or ask a restaurant to use the bathroom without buying something. One percent find a private spot outdoors. That sounds lovely. Find a bush, Audrey. Zero women went outdoors. It was all men. And uh, men more likely to try to sneak into a restaurant bathroom. Women more likely to try the honest approach and buy something first. Is this first. either one or two? Or mm, I'm guessing it's number two. Yeah. I'm thinking it's strictly number two. I told you guys the time I had to go into the realtor on Walnut Street in Shadyside. When I, was <laughs> I don't remember here. this story. I, I, when <laughs> this I, is great. When I moved here after college, <laughs> I met my friend. We were getting an apartment, and we went to look in Shadyside. But before we did, we went to the Taco Bell that used to be on Bomb Boulevard. And just crushed a bunch of it. Now, who knows what was in my stomach from the night before, <clears throat> but it was not settling. It, it it was it was bad, and I could feel it. And it just uh, you know I was like I'm the dude I'm I'm sick. And we needed to find an apartment. And so we were driving through Shady Side. We're on Walnut Street. I'm like I literally I don't I don't know what I'm going to do here. And I had the sweats. And there was a realtor realty agent. And I got to like, run in Sephora. So we Hold run on. in. We're like hi. <laughs> We're looking. We're looking to, to rent an apartment, and they're like, "Oh, okay, great." And I was like, "Hey, do you have an? Do you have a bathroom?" And they're like, "Yeah." And they took me behind the desk, and there was like a bullpen of other agents' desks. Yeah, and oh. there was a bathroom right there, like yeah. in the middle. Like so, every Paper one of the agents that was there saw me go. Yeah, well, they could yeah hear it. It's, uh, something else. All I don't know. It. it was not an easy operation it took a lot of time <laughs> it was a lot of courtesy uh, flushes oh it was McGruber. Uh, <laughs> i was not okay Guys. and when i walked out who, who knows however many minutes later 
there was only one lady still sitting at her desk. She, Everybody else evacuated. And she, everyone else was dead. <laughs> and she looked up at me and she goes, did you just die in there? <laughs> if she would have added a hun to it, that would have I'm like, uh, she was so mad at me. It wasn't like an empathetic. Did, are you okay? Did you? She was like, "Did you just die in there?" Uh-huh. My God! <laughs> they hear you scrambling in there. I think they got us the, the, the apartment, though. I, I'm fairly sure. Did they, you check the bathroom at first? <laughs> they just got us all places with like this one has a safe door on the bathroom. <laughs> this one has a built-in air freshener. Yeah, <laughs> but that it was like uh, seriously, it was the oasis I needed there. There, I, what would I have done? Yeah, that's a that's. I don't know. I mean, just the, the tough one is like a Home Depot or something like that, where it's like, <laughs> where is the bathroom? <laughs> right. oh, in dude. between the gazebos, mm-hmm. like, where where are we? All is you this do is lumber? go go back left. In any one of those places, you go back left first, and ninety percent of the time, the bathroom's going to be there. I'm telling you right now, it's always like back where left. like the builders are, yeah. like the big yeah. building supplies. Back left. And if you're not sure, gravel not near the, the birdseed. If you're not sure if they have a public bathroom in those places, always act like you know where you're going. Walk towards something, and when you see a worker, uh, just go, "Hey, a guy told me the bathroom's back here." Like that, like so. You've you already you've already told. cleared. Yeah. And then he'll be like, "Oh, well, okay, yeah, go around there." I found one in the Staples the other day. It was great. I was like, "This would <laughs> really? be awesome." Yeah, I didn't have to do her anything, but I mean, like, I was like. <laughs> This is this is a great surprise. Convenient. I can't believe oh. you were at a Staples. I had to get some containers. Some containers for what? In case I have to poop while I'm driving. <laughs> they have uh, great potty chairs there. Beatles fans and local officials are going to be rallying in New York <laughs> City as John Lennon's killer faces a 10th parole hearing this month. The group is gathering today in Central Park Strawberry Fields, calling on a state parole board to deny the release of Mark David Chapman next week. The 63-year-old has spent 38 years in an upstate New York prison for fatally gunning down Lennon in December of 1980 in front of his Manhattan apartment building. Chapman has been denied parole at least every two years over the past nearly two decades. And John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Imagine is headed to select theaters worldwide starting September 17th. The original 1972 film has been remixed and remastered and features previously unreleased cinema exclusive bonus material. Bonus footage includes Lennon and his band, including George Harrison and Yes drummer Alan White, among others. For ticketing information and a list of participating cinemas, visit imaginefilmtickets.com. And I want to let you know about a big show tomorrow night at the Hard Rock that is a fundraiser for the Center for Victims, which is appropriate considering the release of the grand jury report yesterday. Uh, it is the Country Meets Blues concert featuring Billy Price, Frank Vieira, uh, Billy the Kid, Miss Freddie, Kenny Blake, and a bunch of others. You pay what you want at the door. So uh, ask uh, that you be generous. The Center for Victims offers help for people to heal from the trauma of harm caused by all forms of violence and crime. And if you want more information on the Center for Victims or tomorrow night's event, there is a link on my Facebook page. Really nice bathrooms there, too. (laughs) Added bonus. (laughs) Humid today, sun and clouds mid-80s for the high. It's 67 at DVD. All right, the latest on Big Ben in in the uh, concussion protocol. Also, we're going to have Kia Tomlin on the show, wife of head coach Mike Tomlin. She's opening up a a Steelers tailgate theme store in Aetna. 
Mark Madden later on this morning, my buddy. <laughs> What's happening over it there? It just keeps falling. My microphone keeps falling. My buddy Tim Wolfson will be here to talk about the uh, music for MS. See, when I let go of the mic, Val, if I don't hold it up that in the mic, air, it just... That oh. mic sucks. Is that... You got a limp mic. Elbow thing need tightened. Uh, it, 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 it's stripped? It, it needs more than tight. Yeah, it's stripped. Oh. You need uh, microphone Viagra over there. Yeah. We need to figure that out. Um, <laughs> Double M, Mark Madden. He ought to be able to get this thing rigid. That'll be 945. <laughs> turgid. Turgid. <laughs> I need my mic to be turgid. <laughs> Mike Pursuta back from Steelers training camp with a full report on what's going down out there. Scary time with Ben falling down there, and uh, hopefully all is well. Full report next. 40%. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your... Steelers report right now, well, and a little bit more, but uh, alarming news coming out of Latrobe there late yesterday. Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, seven shots didn't seem like uh, quite the big deal we have been making it out to be for the last three weeks. Sports this hour brought to you by Citizens Bank. They had to move practice from St. Vincent College yesterday to Memorial Stadium in Latrobe because it was too wet at St. Vincent, so they got on the buses again and uh, went back to where they annually do that Friday Night Lights exhibition, and uh, things were going smoothly at first. Seven shots started, and Ben Roethlisberger's hitting scores to Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, and then he hits another one to Juju Smith-Schuster, but uh, that was uh, the rep upon which Roethlisberger went down and stayed down. Uh, If you heard uh, a big gasp about 3.40 yesterday afternoon, it was probably Western Pennsylvania holding its collective breath, but... uh, Ben Roethlisberger, while in the concussion protocol, uh, seemed to be okay after a few minutes. He eventually got up, eventually walked off the field rather than have to be carted off the field. And general manager Kevin Colbert thought that was a pretty significant development. Whenever I see a player laying on the field, I always watch the doctor and see what part of the body they're working on. Um, And then, you you know, if if they have the call for a cart or something like that, that's usually not a good sign. So... Again, you don't want to minimize anything, and we'll, we'll go through the protocol. Um, but any time a player uh, gets injured and get off the field on his own, that's usually a good sign. Yeah, that was uh, Kevin Colbert last night uh, on Live from Latrobe here on DVE, uh, the third and uh, final of our three training camp specials here on your Steelers flagship. Uh, Mike Tomlin had said yesterday afternoon, or late yesterday morning to be more accurate, that Ben Roethlisberger was having an awesome training camp, and uh, Kevin Colbert uh, likewise expressed uh, great appreciation and admiration for what uh, Roethlisberger had been accomplishing. Sometimes when you have a great player, you take things for granted, but then when you watch him close and when he hits a receiver, maybe catching a ball in the flat, he's going to put it just maybe a yard upfield with that receiver. He actually turns that receiver upfield. Uh, and gets him in into the run after the catch as he's catching the ball, and it's such so little, uh, such a little detail that he does routinely. If a guy's got coverage on his uh, over here, he's going to throw it over on the other side to get him away from the defender. He times the back fade, uh, it's things like that. What I really like to watch is him growing with the new receivers. You know, him and AB shoot back in the spring. Uh, they, they connected on a few plays. I said, that's enough. You know, you both can <laughs> go take a seat. You go pretty good. But then when he gets in there with the new guys, you watch him 
if he gets after those new guys he says no we have to do this you have to do this you know you have to be able to be a blitz pickup guy because if you can't block for me you're not getting the ball because you have to prove that you can you can also make sure i get the ball off if necessary so i like to watch him build a rapport not only with the guys we've had but the new guys it's especially fun you know, when, when Ben Roethlisberger showed up at St. Vincent, I did the annual one-on-one interview with him upon his arrival at camp, and uh, he ended that by saying, I still want to be great. And everything he did after that suggested that he was sincere in that desire. Uh, you said he was up there throwing it through a wall, Mike. You know, and, and moving around and uh, even uh, bitching out the receivers when they were having a bad day or things weren't going the way he wanted. They ran a play yesterday before Roethlisberger got hurt. You guys tell me how you defend this. The ball's on the two-yard line. Antonio Brown's in motion from left to right across the back of the formation. Shotgun snap to Roethlisberger, and Brown just takes a little lean to the goal line, and he's running hard to the pylon, and Roethlisberger throws a fastball in the low outside corner, and Brown sticks his hands out, catches it about a foot off the ground. Two-point conversion. How do you get in front of that? If, you know, the D's in single coverage, and you're trying to chase them. I was going to say. Unless you key on A.B. and <laughs> I, I don't know. what You know, the, I, just the execution has been at a high level at times um, mm-hmm. from Ben. and uh, If they don't have red zone problems this year, that would help. If we don't have Boswell getting three or four a game. It would help a great deal. And then maybe it's going to have to be that way because I'm still not sold on the defense. Well, t- you know, to your earlier point, the secondary hasn't played together and the linebackers, yeah. the outside linebackers, yeah. haven't really had a lot of reps together in their new uh, flip-flopped positions. Very few. Although Bud Dupree did come back yesterday. That's a positive. And T.J. Watt was doing a little running on the sideline. There have been a lot of injuries. And uh, Mike Tomlin talked about those yesterday. Vance McDonald. Has hardly practiced. Uh, Xavier Grimble is now also hurt. Uh, what the impact of these injuries at tight end, and uh, you could probably uh, throw in these other positions, uh, remains to be seen. You know, we'll probably gain some understanding about the totality of that as we push through the process right now. Like I said, we're just a, third, uh, a fourth of the way through uh, the preseason games themselves. I'm sure it is affected in some way the totality of that. Uh, we won't know until we're further down the road. Yeah, Mike Tomlin was leaning on the uh, there's still a lot of time left in the preseason card yesterday. And he's right, there is. But I don't know how you get back to time lost. It's not like you can practice twice because eight guys missed. So we'll see. Uh, Steelers at the Packers on Thursday night. Yesterday was, of course, the last public practice out in Latrobe, which means uh, training camp is over. The preseason continues. But now that training camp is over, it is time to uh, once again revisit in uh, the fashion that has become popular here on the DVE Morning Show. I can't uh, quite recall how long I've been doing this, but I've been doing it a while. Breaking it all down in case you missed the three weeks. I can catch I you love up. this. I can catch you up here in two minutes. We doing it right now? We're doing it right now. This is uh, the 2018 version of Steelers Training Camp two-minute drill. I think if I put up in the chopper, you guys will think it's pretty cool. So there you go. <laughs> Everyone should be treated equally, but in positions on the team, uh, you think Ben should be treated like Josh Dobbs? There's no way. Yeah, it sucks, man. It's like, I'll oh, move the drill up, and you're like, 
Ramon just went down, you know, it's tough. There's no concern whatsoever about our team's attitude, discipline, all that other stuff that gets talked about. Absolutely no concerns. There are about four or five guys on our defense that's got to stand up. Two is one up. SD needs to stand up. Artie needs to stand up. Bud needs to stand up. And Vince needs to stand up. If they do it, then we got a chance to be real good. We're not the young guys anymore. No, we lost Chase here. We just start going by the book and not necessarily do our own thing, but we got to add a little swag to it. Don't be afraid, though. Don't hold back. I hate the potential thing. You ever seen that Geico commercial? Pinocchio, you got potential. The nose grows longer. Potential don't matter, man. You got to go out there and put the work in. I'm always communicating. I'm always talking. You can never have too much communication out there. We can't have any of those busts or missed assignments, you know, like we did in the past. They still call you boom bastard. Some people do, so... Yeah, Mike. I listen to you all the time, by the way. Obviously, on the kickoff return team, I want us to gain possession of the ball. I'm just trying to be stretched loose and ready to go out there and produce. Gotten a lot of compliments of what I've been able to do so far. What do you hear? Good things. Just catch it. Obviously, working on the jugs. It's a kind of a mental aspect, too. This is not a patient man's business. I'll never ask people to be patient. I'll ask them to work while they wait. I could care less about the first pass. I'm thinking about the next pass. I haven't reached my limit yet. They're depending on me. I can't let the team down. You know, that's kind of above my pay grade. But if I get in with Ben and just get the opportunity, I'm going to take it and run with it. Right now, I'm just guarding the tight ends most of the time. Some of it. Would you like a shot at covering him? Hopefully so. If it's me, SD, or Morgan, whoever they put on him, hopefully we can go out there and play our game. Let's talk about how we're going to beat Cleveland. That's the only thing we're worried about. What about New England, though? What about them? No, we got to beat Cleveland. I was doing the math. Over a year of my life is spent here at St. Vincent College. And when I come here, it's like you, you still get excited. You still want to go and you want to win. And, yeah, I'm still driven. I'm still want to be great. You got them all? Oh, that's all right. awesome. <laughs> I got no, there's it. a couple in there. There's no way you could have got them. A.B. Yeah. Ramon Foster. Marquise Ponce. Son of a. DeCastro. Yeah. Kevin Colbert. Yep. Keith Butler. Yep. Bud Dupree. You're on a roll. The next one is Ramon Foster. No, it's Pouncey again. Oh, damn it. Bostic. Yes. Uh, Gene Steratore's brother. Tony. Go, uh, great call. Oh, I wouldn't have got great that Great call. One. Mike Tomlin. Yes. Joe Hayden. Stephen Ridley. Damn it. The next one I'm not going to get. Is it Ola? Jesse James. Wow. <laughs> uh, you are way off. Yeah. Uh, the next one, I was I, I I originally wrote Washington, but it's not Washington. It's Cam Sutton. Yeah, okay. Washington uh, is in there, but not Tomlin. Yeah, later. yeah. Tomlin. Yes. Mason Rudolph. Yep. The next one I blanked on. Sean Davis. Washington. Yep. Terrell. Yep. Kevin Colbert. Yeah. Number seven. You got a pretty high score there. You only missed three or four. Wasn't bad. I, I, I mixed, I mixed up Pouncey and Foster. Otherwise, I would have been in good shape. Yeah. It's, uh, tried to hit all the issues of camp. Uh, crammed down into one giant smoothie. Just put it all in the blender, and that's what yeah. comes out. I like it, Mike. I always love the two-minute trail at the end of camp. Yeah, It's a rite of passage right there. It's a broadcasting rite of pack- passage. We need to have a little more uh, fanfare for it next time. Yep. Yeah, I'm just sort of uh, discombobulated because I was uh, planning on staying at St. Vincent last right. night, and then we got back to practice, and uh, all the furniture was uh, yanked from the room. Yeah. So I figured that was a subtle hint that they wanted me out of there. They <laughs> took your door so off. I had to do the show last night, and then... Pack up the crap and then got back home late. Now I got to go to Green Bay after the show here. So I had to get up early this morning and pack. And you know, I'm a little off my game. Uh, we'll, we'll do it again next hour. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and then we'll give you an update on the Buckos last night. Look ahead. Uh, we got Kia Tomlin coming on the show at 8.15. Mike Tomlin, uh, Mrs. Mike Tomlin, that is. 
She's the Steelers' first lady, I guess you could say. I've never heard her speak. If she talks like he does, I'm going to lose it. Uh, she's got a steel gate, steel, steel gate, Steelers tailgate theme store opening up in Etna. Etna is Etna. Obviously, I am tailgate capable. I'm not going to dwell on Etna. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to live in our fears. We're going to live with our gears. Double M Mark Madden, who's been having some digital media meltdowns lately. I don't know exactly what's going on with Double M. We'll get to the bottom of it. Therapy with Mark Madden, 945 today. This also, should go well. Oh, yeah. No, he seems to be in a good mood for it. Tim Wolfson also Wolf. will be on the show a little bit later on. <laughs> Let's talk about music for MS Festival going on in Hartwood this weekend. Hey, you guys know me. I absolutely love training camp, but sleeping in a dorm room isn't the part I love the most. Thankfully, I'm back just in time to take advantage of Mattress Firm's most popular deal, savings of up to $600 across America's best-selling brands. We're both back by popular demand. I'm talking Beautyrest. I'm talking Serta. Plus, you can get 0% APR for six years. That's the best financing Mattress Firm has to offer. Mattress Firm's 120-night low-price guarantee also allows you to shop with confidence. They'll beat any price on comparable mattresses, even ones bought from Mattress Firm for up to 120 nights. And Mattress Firm's 120-night sleep trial lets you test drive your new mattress for... You guessed it, 120 nights. If it's not the perfect match, you'll get your money back, and they'll help you find the right fit. This sale won't last long. Get to Mattress Firm today and get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for the price of a twin. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms subject to credit approval. It's the absolute best time to buy from Mattress Firm. See you there. All right, it's the DVE Morning Show, and Mike Pursuta getting us up to date on the Buccos there in Minnesota. Yeah, and uh, Jamison Tyone uh, started his night uh, by retiring the first nine batters he faced, but the Twins went six for nine against Tyone the second time through the lineup. That included a three-run fourth, and that was enough to springboard Minnesota to what became a 5-2 victory over the Bucks. They fall to 61-59, and and uh, it's uh, getting to the critical stage of the season. The Pirates are eight games behind the Cubs for first in the NL Central. They're five games out in the wild card race. Uh, They've got one more in Minnesota this afternoon. Chris Archer against Jose Berrios, who's uh, Minnesota's best pitcher. And then uh, it's four here with the Cubs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Time for a winning streak. I've been saying that for about a week now. Uh, It better be now. It better start today, and it better continue through this weekend. Well, you got this guy to to do this. Yes, you did. You know, yeah. Minnesota's been uh, bad uh, this year. Very disappointing season for the Twins. They were major sellers at the break. Uh, still able to beat the Pirates last night. Now they got their guy Jose Barrios pitching today. So uh, a tough challenge, but hey, it's not supposed to be easy, right? That's right. Got to want it. And then the Cubbies. Then the Cubbies. That's going to be tough. Who are still kind of just paddling along, not feeling any kind of threat from anybody. Beatable. Looking like they think, oh, we're the Cubs. We're going to win because we're the Cubs. Like we should see them at least earn it. We should get, give everybody around their dugout uh, A-Rod masks to piss <laughs> off Joe Madden. <laughs> what do you got coming up top of the hour there, Val? 
Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, at the top of the hour, a new Girl Scout cookie and Matt Lauer getting hammered in his divorce case. Jimmy Schubert's going to be at the Arcade Comedy Theater Friday night. Former headliner at the DVE Comedy Fest back. Get your tickets at ArcadeComedyTheater.com. He'll be on the show tomorrow. Kia Tomlin, wife of Coach Mike Tomlin, coming on at 8.15 to talk about her new Steelers tailgate theme store in Aetna. It's on the way. DVE. It's the DVE morning show. Okay, so um, we had a little misinformation earlier. I said Kia bit. Tomlin has a tailgate-themed store. That just didn't sound right to me. I'm no. like, I was like, that's interesting. She's selling grills. And- yeah, because she's, she's, she's a fashionista. Like, right. she has uh, incredible style. She uh, really helps um, a lot in the Steelers fashion show every year. You know, Greta Rooney, that's like Greta Rooney's thing. And she's a, a huge part of that. Now, what she is doing is selling clothes that you could wear to a tailgate, the Kia Tomlin Game Day Collection. She is a designer, and she has a, a factory and a, uh, a boutique all-in-one right now in Aetna. It's, and she's having a Steelers tailgate-themed party to kick off the launch of her new line of clothes. That I'm actually relieved because before I thought this is not we don't need a store for tailgate stuff. We have one of those, uh, the beer distributor and Giant Eagle. <laughs> right. And if you've ever been to the sideline store, I mean, they have everything in there for a tailgate. Right. Or, you know, in a pinch, the guy from Pepe's walking around, you know, that's right, which has been a lifesaver more than one or two times. Um, but Kia will be on the show coming up 815 and we'll talk about uh how she's gotten into the world of design here in Pittsburgh while her husband's been coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hopefully this year to number seven, Bill. We'll talk with Mark That's Madden right. later this morning. Val's news coming up next. I want to remind you, the Steelers and the Packers tomorrow night at 8 o'clock kickoff. All of the action starts four hours before that. We'll get the pregame going at 4 p.m. here on the flagship station of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 102.0. I hit a deer, but it was only going like 10 miles an hour, and I thought it was hilarious because I, I literally like sent it up in the air, but it just got up and was like, what the hell, man? And then just like went back into the woods. So I thought that was like absolutely the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> if he put his paws on. Walking here. His paws? I said paws. Well, what, what are they called? Hoof. On a deer? Hoofs. Hoofs. Yeah, up on hoof. the rooftop, reindeer paws. Isn't that how the. P-A-U-S-E, I think. Not <laughs> P-A-W-S. Like they take a break. No. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Up on the... That doesn't make any sense. I accept your ex- explanation, but I still have questions. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Uh, you know, perfectly acceptable. 100% pause. P. I mean, they do say that. Yeah. Yeah, they have to pause. Up on the rooftop, reindeer pause. But, you know, you think maybe you'd hear the little pause. But no, they have to pause, pause so that Santa can go down the chimney and, you know, give the toys. Let's just agree it could mean both. No, it doesn't. No. Okay, then we'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> Kia Tomlin's going to be on in about 10 minutes to talk about her new store. It has nothing to do with Steelers. She's having I disagree. A... I disagree. I think it has well, everything to do with the, our, Okay. But it is ready-to-wear Steelers game day stuff. She is a fashion designer, as you know. She'd been mm-hmm. selling stuff out of her house, basically. She had a workshop for a long time, and she decided to branch out. She had a said, spot in East Liberty, too, didn't she? Yeah, and now she has a place in Aetna, 
where it's a brick and mortar store before she mostly sold online and she's looking to change that and gear uh her sales towards uh, fabric or fabric towards pittsburghers where you can walk right in and uh, see what kind of stuff she does with fabric i can't wait <laughs> we don't have a lot of fabric discussions on the show so you know, I, 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 and i've been yearning I, yeah we need more fabric talk Fabric Talk, 8.15. Val's got news now. <laughs> Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. For 11. It's 65 degrees now at DVEM's Val Porter. The grand jury report investigating child sexual abuse in Pennsylvania's Catholic Church claims Butler County's former DA stopped investigations into abuse allegations to prevent unfavorable publicity. The report mentions Robert Masters claiming he knew about sexual abuse in the 60s but refused to prosecute for political reasons. The report adds Masters said he wanted the church's support to further his political career. A real Uh, question here. Do you guys think that like in the wake of what happened in Penn State, the wake of what has been happening with the Catholic Church, that once we learn, and whether or not you believe who was covering up at Penn State or not, there was an effort to keep that stuff quiet. No question. Do you think that now that this has become public and it actually has seemingly done a lot of damage to the credibility of these institutions while not sinking them, that it's people will now see it as something that they don't need to sweep under the rug, that if you address it immediately, that if you say, look, we found this and we're taking care of the problem, that the perception of you doing that for your organization, no matter what it is, will be seen differently as way to go. We understand the world is a complex, ugly place and things like this happen and it's not going to reflect on you. Because there's no way Penn State lives that down. There's no way the Catholic Church will ever live this down. And it's not just this report. This is, you know, decades in the Mm -hmm. making. But I'm just wondering if going forward, if there's some sort of systematic injustice that is being perpetrated constantly. No, because the cover up is just as bad. That's my point, though, is that by by covering it up, you've made it way worse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I don't I don't know that they see it that way. I think they go, oh, well, look, all the PR we've already had about this in the future. Right. We don't need this now. We're just getting back in the groove of things. Let's slide this to the back i mean i don't think that they're they're, they're going to learn their lesson from this i, I was going to use scientology as an example but that's probably not a good one like uh, i mean other than church other than religions and politics i don't know like some huge group that yeah, everybody yeah. you know f- lends some sort of you know moral authority to the church if they the find highest. something like this and root it out early won't that be seen going forward as admirable as opposed to a stain? I would hope. Well, no, but wasn't that what happened with Penn State? Weren't they like the like the moral authority in the region? Right, but they hid well, it. They covered it up. They let that guy hang around. My point is, is if you got rid of this stuff and attacked it head on, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't you better off? Even though, you know, people will be like, well, that one time they had that thing there. But then because they now these places but never then they live couldn't it down. preach what they were preaching. How how would they have moral authority? If because they like found this... one guy trying to use that authority for evil, and they rooted it out immediately. Rather than preserving the integrity, rather than the people who covered it up now being the evil ones. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm just arguing the that other it won't side happen going right. forward. Okay, I'm I'm that cynical about it. Okay. 
The grand jury report listed 99 accused priests who served in the Pittsburgh diocese, another 20 in Greensburg's diocese. The names of priests who are fighting the allegations are redacted in the report released yesterday. The report identified more than a thousand victims statewide, but said many more either decided to just not come forward or had information lost over the years. Yeah, I would I would guess there's a lot of people who still don't want to come forward. Information from the grand jury report that was reported on Channel 11's website says a ring of predatory priests from the Pittsburgh diocese passed victims between each other and used whips, violence, and sadism in raping their victims. They also made child porn with victims on diocese property. Oh, my God. It's just, it's absolutely horrific. How could you cover that up? How could you not bring those people to justice? How do you say you're a man of God and then help that guy get away with that? That's a, a question that I ask all the time. And I hope that the the cardinals and the bishops that are still in the area and still at least visible and public figures are made to answer that question. Yeah, it was an ugly day yesterday. Again, man, this was my whole life. I mean, this until is not... I was eighteen, I like the church, the church, the Catholic Church was that was that was school, that was everything outside of our family and our family revolved around the church. Don't. Oh, well, I did- I want to say this isn't shocking because we've heard so many other reports between, you know, the Spotlight movie and that Mm -hmm. documentary, uh, Mea Maxima Culpa Silence in the House of God and all the documentaries. But when but now it's home. Yeah. So that's the shocking. Literally. Wait, this is us. So this was where I grew up happening. We we already knew this. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was a big deal when it happened. Poorly kept secret. Yeah, it was a poorly kept secret, and then the guy, the one guy was actually, well, two of them were, were like arrested. They were charged. So we knew that was going on. The extent of it, I didn't know the first priest that I grew up with, I didn't know he was on there. That was the one revelation I had yesterday. Mm-hmm. The other ones I already knew. Like, it I was wonder if not other, a surprise. Other people feel that same way. Like, oh, yeah, everybody knew that guy's a... It is because, look, I mean, my parents are never going to not be a part of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, it might, one older brother and my younger brother still are practicing Catholics, and they find the good in it. It helps them, and they're, they're, the majority of Catholics will see this as an evil that needs to be rooted out, not an undermining of their faith. Yeah, and this that, isn't that's about what, God. This is about man. No, this is about people that were using God as a cloak to commit incredibly heinous crimes. The one of the really discuss the the documentary, I think it's called The Sleepers. Mm-hmm. It's about the nun who got murdered in Baltimore. She was actually from Pittsburgh. Um and one of the people on there said the priest would make her I think they made her say the rosary while she was being raped. Ah. Do you think that there's something about the the repression of sexuality that that causes these these weird circumstances because i grew up presbyterian and we just that just wasn't in my church i think the guys my ministers were all married they're brought up a way to to think that whatever they're thinking is so heinously evil well in the case of pedophilia no matter what your you know uh um even if you're not your religious affiliation yeah so they they uh, are attracted to something that they think can maybe cure it i think a lot of times they go into this place because they think this is the answer if i go to 
this higher power, they'll cure me of all of this evil. Mm. And then in doing that, they realize, well, it's never going away. And then they find kindred spirits. I don't know. It's just it's spooky to even try to get into somebody's mindset there. Yeah. But the idea that there are that many of them, there, ne- so there has to be something that, that is, uh, you know, the light to their moth because they're all going there. Well, it's a system that that's willing to cover up their crimes right. and yeah. hide them yeah. and move them to different places. It's a drag because there's no jokes. There's no None. funny place to go with this. None at it's all. It's just all heavy stuff. Well, but it's like it makes sense now because that's the world you grew up in and Val and I grew up in the Presbyterian church, so we're over here singing Yeah. You know, I church song. I am a CH. You know, and you're over here like, guys, stop it. <laughs> you guys are doing like all those happy songs. I'm yeah. like, ours are not like that. Father Abraham had many sons. sons. Many sons. Yeah, that sounds like stuff you sing around Abraham. a campfire. Yeah. Our songs yeah. were yeah, we gothic. Did. At church we camp. did. Ours were gothic. They were big scary organ was playing them. Did no, you, we were, did uh, you we were at like a retreat in Jamonville. Don't, uh, don't build your house on the sandy land. No. Don't build it too near the shore. Mm-mm. No, we didn't do that one. Look, man, our songs are way better than your songs, and that's <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to stay with that. A lot of organ in your La- songs. No, you're, you're- no soul in our songs. <laughs> or apparently warning. in the leadership, but still. <laughs> our songs were all like jingles. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? They're you guys are like car dealership jingles. <laughs> Did you have sword drills? And you're like you had to go like they the uh-uh. Bible is your sword. No, like you had to find the Bible verse as fast as you could. No, we in, didn't like, do that in church, uh, children's church. I like to point out I'm skipping right over a joke. <laughs> well, in much uh, more <laughs> pleasant uh, thoughts, dozens of volunteers are needed for a day of service in Westmoreland, Fayette, and Armstrong counties. United Way officials put a call out for 800 people to take part in 18 different projects ranging from neighborhood cleanups to helping out in schools volunteers can sign up at united way the number for you.org so united way for you.org do that before august 24th good stuff forecast today humid sunny uh but some clouds as well mid 80s for the high at 66 at dve joining us right now she is the proprietor of a brand new clothing store in etna it's kia tomlin Good morning, Kia. How are you? Very well, thank you. Should I call you Mrs. Tomlin? Uh, Kia's fine. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be disrespectful. Mrs. Coach? <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on the uh, the launching of your new store. So this is, for for those who may not understand exactly what kind of stuff you're offering there, I mean, this is not a, a Steeler store. You're not going to walk in and find a bunch of jerseys that are bedazzled, right? No. <laughs> no, no. Um, I sell, uh, design and sell women's wear. Um, it's all just comfortable clothing that um, can look polished and um, easy to take care of. So you were pre-med at William & Mary, right? Yes. And then f- things go good for, for your husband and you guys are moving around. And when you ended up in Cincinnati, is that when you decided, all right, I'm going to make my hobby my passion, and uh, that's going to be my vocation. Um, yeah, I don't know that it was exactly Cincinnati. Cincinnati allowed me to be able to actually study it formally um, at their design school there, um, but I had been doing it you know, all my life. Um, I think really the decision came to, to do it as a career 
when we moved to Florida and my husband was coaching with the Bucks and instead of um, college coaching and then so school was no longer free and <laughs> so then it was like oh I guess I'll just have to start a business. See, I, I got to go pro now. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, Pittsburgh's not exactly known as the most fashion-forward city. I thought this was just self-preservation for you at <laughs> first. You're like, I'm going to have to design my own stuff. No, no, I've I've done it all the time. <laughs> well, all right, so you're going to have a big party to celebrate the opening of the store. Tell us about the store in Aetna and, uh, and, and the name of it and uh, what kind of stuff you're going to have there. So it's Kia Tomlin Workshop you know, kind of play on words, work mm-hmm. slash shop. And um, it's a retail portion in the front, and then the rest of it is where we actually design, cut, and sew the garments. Um, oh, so it's a big awesome. open space. Yeah, you can kind of, you can see us at work. Um, yes, I do sew. I do cut. I know that's probably most mm-hmm. surprising to people. Um, and then for our opening, we'll have not only that, um, access to that and tours, but we'll also have a runway show and the debut of, my game day collection, which is, um, I guess, my uh, my ode to Steeler wear. <laughs> okay, so this is uh, all right, the little fashion forward Steeler wear stuff. Yes. Okay, I and guess, you know, with my, my spin on it. So you're gonna have, yeah. Well, there's there's plenty of different spins on on tailgate <laughs> apparel. Yeah, yeah. Mine's not bedazzled. No. <laughs> you don't have any camo cargo pants. <laughs> um, actually, I do have a camo jean. Uh-huh. Not, not not Steeler print, just a camo jean. Ah, um, nice. Yes, not Zumbas or whatever they're called. Zumbas, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that. So you're gonna have a tailgate to kick off uh, the festivities here. Yeah, so we're, too, we're I'm calling it a ladies' tailgate, and we're gonna have the runway show and some um, um, some raffles and um, food and DJ. And, that, and that's going to be it. So when is this going down? This is August 18th, this Saturday, from 5 to 8 p.m. in Aetna. So let me ask you, Kia, do you manage your staff the way that Coach talks to the players? You know, not going to live in our shears. The fabric is fabric. The negligee <laughs> is the negligee. <laughs> um, obviously, I do. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to die with our heels on. Yeah, that kind of thing. there you go. I like that. Uh, well, uh, looking forward to the opening of the of Kia's new store. And thanks so much for your time this morning. And if you ever need any help, holler. I know Bill helps out with the Steelers fashion show. I did last year. I did a little thing. I didn't really help with it. I just did, you know, I came out and you did didn't a little thing. manufacture any no. clothing lines? Mm-hmm. I didn't cut or sew anything. But Kia's gear was featured as it is every year, right, Kia, in yeah. uh, in the fashion show and some amazing stuff. Thank you. It's- who do you, I wanted to ask you because I know obviously the, the easy answer is A.B., but who else on the team do you think has the most swag as far as their fashion? Um, oh, geez. Um, I think Ryan Shazier wears um, some interesting, has won some interesting stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know um, Chicolo last year like really tried hard oh, yeah. to win the mm-hmm. contest. Like he had his man bun up, and he's <laughs> yeah. I think he had a, they had the suit with the lining, the contract mm-hmm. lining, um, in the donut. Yeah. You uh, are you going to have a, a suggestion box for Steeler fans who walk by the store and just uh, instead of coming in to actually <laughs> say, "Hey, can you tell Coach that he needs to uh, <laughs> run no I, huddle I we, more often?" Just if you leave a suggestion box outside, that might stop that kind of traffic from coming in. Oh, it's oh, it's no, it's still going to come, and it's going to come to my house, and it's going to come to my store phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's because we don't, care. Don't worry. They, re- they reach me. <laughs> it's because we care. Well, now uh, anybody wants to check out the uh, new store, Kia Tomlin's Workshop, 388 Butler Street in Aetna. And best of luck to you. Thanks yeah, so much congrats. for joining us this morning. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank we'll you. see you. That's Kia Tomlin, wife of Coach Mike Tomlin, who's super cool, by the way. You got to hang out with her. We're not going to live in our shears. I like that one. <laughs> That's probably the best. I tried to, uh, yeah, I, I tried to come up with a pun you would dig. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, she's cool, man. Yeah. And her daughter was in the show last year. Oh, her cool. daughter crushed it. She's doing, like, gymnastics. It was, she, yeah, their family is amazing. All right, Mike Pursuit has got a full sports report for you. Yesterday, Ben went down and is in the concussion protocol. Doesn't appear to be too bad. This seems to be preventative, uh, but... Always a scary situation, particularly when he was talking about the number of concussions being a big factor in how long he keeps playing. So we'll get the details from Mike when we come back. Mark Madden next hour here on DVE. DVE Sports. We just got your sports right now on the DVE morning show and uh, always get nervous when the quarterback goes down, but when he doesn't get up afterwards, the heart rate increases rapidly and uh, exponentially. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Oh, my God, he's not getting up, get up, get up, get up, get up. A collective gasp yesterday afternoon at Memorial Stadium in Latrobe. Sports is our brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. It was just another training camp practice yesterday for the Steelers. That is, until it wasn't. Here's general manager Kevin Colbert. I watched the whole play, and uh, I was standing in our end zone. I watched Ben release the ball, and it was a nice, lofty pass. He put it right in the receiver's hands in the corner of the end zone. And um, I just watched the play, and then one of our scouts, Brandon Hunt, said, what's up with the quarterbacks? What are you talking about? And then Ben was just laid down. So, you know, he took a hit, and um, he's in concussion protocol, and we'll see where things progress. But, you know, he was able to walk off under his own power, and you just have to be very careful with any type of concussion type or head injury. So we will give every, uh, you know, every, every bit of caution that we need to. That was uh, Colbert uh, joining live from Latrobe last night at Sharky's, uh, an innocent-looking play, and uh, they weren't even tackling. And uh, Roethlisberger winds up potentially concussed. Uh, he was down on, face down on the turf, and then he kind of rolled over on his back. Then he got up and sat on the water cooler for a little while and was rubbing his head with his right hand. Uh, eventually got up, walked uh, off the field under his own power, and that uh, encouraging to the Steelers general manager and probably a whole bunch of other people. Whenever I see a player laying on the field, I always watch the doctor and see what part of the body they're working on. Um, and then, you you know, you, if, they, if they have to call for a card or something like that, that's usually not a good sign. So, again, you don't want to minimize anything, and we'll, we'll go through the protocol. Um, but anytime a player uh, gets injured and get off the field on his own, that's usually a good sign. Roethlisberger was not scheduled to play Thursday night in preseason game number two at Green Bay. Uh, the quarterback duties are going to be handled by Josh Dobbs and draft pick Mason Rudolph. Bud Dupree back at practice yesterday. Uh, T.J. Watt appears to be getting close, closer to returning. He was uh, doing some running on the sideline during practice. Uh, they've had a lot of guys miss a lot of time at St. Vincent. Hopefully they can uh, get well soon because those defensive reps that they've been missing at outside linebacker and in the secondary. Uh, you can't make those up. And Bud's re- recovering from a, a concussion? Yes. And then he uh, had a kid. So he was hurt uh, August 3rd and back yesterday. God, that can't be good for concussion protocol. For the first time. Having, <laughs> having, a, having kid. a kid? 
He's out of the protocol, but he's in a whole nother situation. As you know. Yes, I do. It felt like I had a concussion for the first year or so. Steelers going to Green Bay for preseason game number two. And uh, Mike Tomlin talked yesterday about uh, Lambeau Field uh, not being just another venue for just another preseason game. Oh, just a frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. I mean, you kidding me? Um, you know, if you're an appreciator of football and football history, you know, um, I, I know for me when I'm walking that tunnel um, to come out into that bowl, um, you know, there's an excitement associated with it because uh, I appreciate the ground in which I walk on. Well, I'm right there with them. Uh, I, I have no feeling about the Packers. I'm not a Packer fan. I don't hate them. Hallowed ground, though. What a special For place. Sure. And it, that's how you know, to me at least, that a place is special. Uh, I dislike Notre Dame, and I love going to Notre Dame Stadium. I don't like the Yankees, and old Yankee Stadium was just cathedral-like for me. Uh, never made it to the Boston Garden. Oh, I did go to the Boston Garden. It was a dump. Yeah, it was uh, a dump. I, I never made it to the Montreal <laughs> Forum. Uh, I haven't been to Pauley Pavilion, UCLA basketball, but uh, there's a few of them out there. That, uh, I heard the Forum used to just be full of cigar smoke. Like, Well, I imagine cigarette smoke, too. Yeah, well, yeah. Montreal's the smokingest place I've ever been. Ever, yeah. It's, it is crazy. Everybody smokes there. Yeah. Great town, though. Other than that... It is awesome. So, I went to the new place there, and everybody was saying, "Oh, you should have seen the forum." They were, just, you know, they're like, "Yeah, this is nice." I'm like, "There's no beer lines." They're like, "Well, it's called the Molson Center," but like, because <laughs> there were no lines for me. You could get a beer. You could just turn around, and someone would be like, "Boom, there's a beer." And I, I was used to the Civic Arena at that time, but uh, everyone raved about how cool, as bad as as it was. It was great. The old forum. I mean, Fenway Park is like that. Fenway's what, awesome. Beers or or. No, like reverential. Yeah, like, I guess. Go there. I, old Wrigley before I they. Really, Wrigley and Fenway are like that, although they're not real comfortable. No, yeah, I was going to say, Fenway is not comfortable, and it's tiny. Yeah. Right. So was, you should have seen Tiger Stadium back in the day. That was a great yard. It yeah. wasn't not historic. I mean, some stuff happened there, but not a whole lot. No, but uh, it was. It was just a old great and, venue. Yeah. You were right on top of the game. And they'd sell you a ticket behind a beam, and you couldn't even see anything. Yeah. Drinkingest place I've ever been, uh, Old Bush Stadium and New Bush Stadium. Yeah, I heard that that is just it is a vendor after army. vendor. Yeah. Who needs beer? Hey, beer here. Hey, can I top this off? Beer here. You, you, put a little head on that for you. Beer here. You just sit in your seat and drink. It's great. Still a lot of Germans hanging out there. You never man. have to get up. Well, eventually you do. But <laughs> Who needs to piss? <laughs> They don't have guys walking around <laughs> to help you with that. They don't have guys. Well, yeah, that's catheter here. Who's got? Yeah, who's ready? Male diapers here. I got a Adult bucket. Diapers. I got a bucket. Who needs a diaper? Parts lost to the Twins five to two last night in Minnesota. Jamison Tyone goes six, gives up three earned runs. That was enough to get him beat. Uh, Pirates are eight back in the division, five out in the wild card. One more in Minnesota this afternoon. Chris Archer against Jose Barrios, and then the Pirates come home to host the Cubs for four. Archer will be making his third start with the Pirates, and he'll be doing so uh, as a little more of a high-priced commodity than he had been previously. They announced the player to be named in the Archer trade yesterday. It's pitcher Shane Baz, the 12th overall selection by the Bucks last year in the draft. Not, uh, not insignificant. And by the way, he is the player to be named. 
Please don't say player to be named later. That's redundant. Me, makes me want to drive into a telephone pole. Now he's the player formerly known as? The player to be named later. Well, if it's not later, he would have been named sooner and we'd know him already. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, Mike. <laughs> have a nice trip to uh, Lambeau Field. Yeah, you know, looking forward. Have some forward. cheese for me. Look at oh. I don't know about cheese, but... Uh, What's the beer they have there? Moocow, the stuff that you can't get anywhere but in never Wisconsin? Heard of, never heard of that. I don't... Are you being sarcastic? Or? No. I, yeah, there's there's some beer there that you can't get it anywhere else, and it's illegal to sell it outside of the state of, of Wisconsin. I have my eye on one I'm going to try. Uh, there's a guy working for the Packers uh, PR department who used to work for the Steelers. So I called him up and told him I wanted to go to an old school Green Bay bar where it was just a bar and, you know, pictures of Bart Starr on the wall, not right. Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. And he gave me two or three places that he thought would fit what I was looking for. And I looked up, they have websites, which right away I'm a little hesitant that they're the type of place I'm looking for. But one place has uh, a beer called uh, Johnny Blood Red. I assume it's named after Johnny Blood McNally. Ah. Uh. Okay. Spotted Cow is the beer I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Not Moo Cow? Moo Cow is milk. No, I think one of them is called one of the... There's a Spotted Cow. There's one called Moo Cow, I think. I think I'm going to try Johnny Blood Red tonight. All right, dude. Or maybe 19 of them. Yeah. they it. They released like the 10 drinking of cities in the country in some poll earlier this year. Green Bay got to be right up there. There's like six or seven of them were in Wisconsin. What else are you going to do? Watch the Badgers? not mess around. (laughs) There's nothing else to do. Yeah, my phone is blowing up. Just got off work at the Brat Factory. (laughs) What do you got coming up, Val? Uh, Today is National Relaxation Day, so I'll tell you a strange thing you can do to relax. A strange thing? A strange thing. Tim Wolfson from uh, Music for MS coming in to tell us about the Badass Festival. There's a lot of music they got going on this weekend, but uh, a great festival. Uh, for a great cause going on at Hartwood. Tim will give us the lowdown when we come back, and Mark Madden joins us next hour. It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. Uh, it's uh, no news to anyone who's listened to the show for any length of time that New Orleans is one of my all-time favorite places and uh, someplace I try to go as often as possible. And one of my all-time favorite bands from New Orleans is Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes. And they are coming to town this weekend as part of a festival lineup of music at Heartwood Acres for the fifth annual Music for MS Music Festival. Listen to these guys. I mean, they are so much fun, such yeah. badass musicians. And uh, our buddy Tim Wolfson in studio right now, he's bringing us uh, the festival from 3 to 11 at Heartwood on Saturday. How are you, man? I'm great, and I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh, all right. So, first of all, every year you put together this great lineup and for a great cause. Now, the first thing that should be noted is there are a couple of events surrounding the festival this weekend. It's not just Saturday out at the fest. 
Friday night for piano players, you put together something pretty special. Yeah, we have uh, two of the world's very finest New Orleans-style Harlem stride, however you want to label them, piano players in close proximity for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Josh Paxton, who's the keyboard player for Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes, and Tom Roberts, who's from Pittsburgh and is also the keyboard player for the Red Beans and Rice Combo. Both bands are performing Saturday, but I had to do something because I have them both here. Yeah. Josh, is he also in Honey Island uh, Swamp Band he, as well? Yeah, he does. He plays yeah. with Honey Island. He plays a weekly gig with Debbie Davis. He's all he's in demand in New Orleans. He's uh, a tremendous player, and I saw him at the winery last time that, that uh, Johnny Sketch came into town for uh, one of these events. Tom Roberts is uh, a monster, and you got uh, our buddy Bill Maruka. Uh, emceeing the whole thing, uh, no slouch himself on the keyboards. Yeah, we're going to try to uh, co-op Bill into doing actually at the end of the show a six-hand piece. We're there gonna you have, go. We're going to have two pianos and we're going to slide Bill in there somewhere because he's too good to pass up also. But that event is uh, Friday night at Steamworks Creative. It's a small, small listening room up on Route 8 in Gibsonia. Um, 50, 50 seats. Um, you know, you'll hear the music. You can reach out and touch the musicians if you want to. Yeah. It's that close. That sounds intimate. All right. So Saturday. <laughs> now, one special thing uh, about the Music for MS Festival is that uh, you're offering a chance for people with MS to get out there at no cost. Correct. Yeah. You can, if you go to the website, which is musicforms.org, there's information on there. But for everybody, our friends, family, neighbors, coworkers living with MS. We want this festival to be the annual celebration of the MS community, I and mean, we want you to join us. Um, so we have free tickets for you. We, um, if you're worried about the heat, we do have cooling tents set up with uh, hydration fans if, if that's an issue, um, or you can really wait until it cools down the evening. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an overcast and not particularly hot day on Saturday, which is perfect for a festival at Heartwood Acres uh, instead of getting baked in the sun. So, right. Yeah. Uh, the lineup, pretty great. Take yeah. us through it. Who do you got? Well, let, let well. So I, I I like to think of this lineup that these are bands from New Orleans and bands from Pittsburgh that I think sound like they should be from New Orleans. So <laughs> we we already Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes, one of your favorite bands. I love them. And, yes. And my best friends from New Orleans. Uh, I'm yes. So so excited. Well, Mark is one of the more talented guys, uh, frontman I've ever seen. I mean, not only is he just like an imposing figure on stage, a great singer, a great guitar player, but he pulls out the cello and starts playing. I mean, he is. Multi-talented, multi-instrumentalist, and uh, a must-see musical act. Yeah, and, and speaking of Mark, or a.k.a. Johnny Sketch himself, just for Pittsburghers to have a visual, think of Brett Kiesel with a guitar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> big dude, big beard, big smile. Um, big heart, dude. He's I, a great guy. I agree. Then we have uh, Waterseed, also from New Orleans. Waterseed um, is no stranger to Pittsburgh. They get up here three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call themselves a future funk band. I, to me, they sound more like a classic 60s R&B soul band, and they are a spectacle to watch. Mm-hmm. They, they're an amazing band and lots of fun. Pittsburgh's own Jimbo and the Soup Bones, one of my favorites. Yeah, and Jimbo, uh, this may be one of the last performances by That's Jimbo I, yeah. with the Soup Bones. So if you're a fan, and I'm a big fan, Come on out Saturday and uh, experience them at Hartwood. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, well, Jimbo is another front man who is uh, he, he has a innate, uh, innate ability to bring the whole crowd in on the performance. I agree. I agree. Uh, and then Red Beans and Rice combo. So that's that's uh, Wayno's band with yeah. Tom Roberts on keys and then Dave Klug 
uh, on drums. Dave uh, is also an illustrator like Wayno, and Dave's uh, famous for doing all those lovely murals inside the Permanis. Oh, you know, cool. We've all seen those. Really? I mean, he does a lot that's of other him. things, but that's what's most immediately obvious uh, uh, to me. And so, they, and they uh, they are stylish. They do uh, sort of obscure uh, New Orleans, you know, fifties and sixties type uh, garage rock. Maybe you call them R and B. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Roberts is with them as well. Correct. And he does a lot of the soundtrack stuff for Rick Seaback. He does. Yeah. He does. He used to be Leon Redbone's uh, keyboard player. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. He's he's a phenomenal and player. When he lived in New Orleans, he was actually one of the one of the pianists that was invited to piano night every year, which is a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Uh, well, uh, Tulkavy, Tully Cavy. That's oh, I'm sorry, our Tully that, That's our house band. Cavey. My my colleague Mitch Arnold, who's the okay. president of Music for MS, and who actually got the whole ball rolling with this. It's his band. They play every year. Um, they roll a little bit more in Americana vein, but we've challenged them to learn some Radiators tunes this year. So I'm excited to see what may happen on stage <laughs> nice. on on uh, on Saturday. And then we have our students. We have the uh, every year we have the North Allegheny Fillers and Folk Chorale to start the day. Um, they're the first act up on the stage at, at 3:15 or so, real early, um, and also challenge them to do something with some New Orleans flair. Most excited about this year, something brand new. We only have one stage, and to, so to avoid downtime when we're doing set changes, we're having the Stowe Rocks marching band drumline out oh, in the lawn awesome. leading second line parade. That's so great. That yeah. is really cool. And, and these kids are gung-ho for this event. They are fired up, and they're going to be great. So, all right, tons of food trucks out there, too. Pittsburgh Po' Boy, Mission Mahi, Wheelfish, Food Coma, Healthy Yenzer, Stickless Popsicles, uh, Costa Lot Creamery, Espresso Amano, the Music for MS Lemonade and Ice Tea Stand, Pittsburgh Winery is going to widen in beer out there. But um, I, want, I want you to, if you can, articulate why New Orleans music and culture is so important to you and why it's so important for people in Pittsburgh who may not have any connection to the Crescent City, that they stay steeped in this line of music. If you're listening to almost anything played on this station or any of the rock stations or jazz stations or blues stations, um, there, there's an argument that the origin of that music is New Orleans in one way, shape, or Indubitably. form. Indubitably. Yeah. 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 And, and it's funny, when, when, we, when I first started going to New Orleans, you know, I thought it was brass bands and jazz. And... It's amazing, the, you know, the width and breadth of, of the talent and the types of music that are played yes. in that town and played at an extremely high level. Extremely high level. I think the meters are like the one sort of example that you can point to, Neville Brothers, for, for the uninitiated, to get an idea of everything from the Dixieland jazz, which people think a lot of, you know, uh, New Orleans music is, is uh, steeped in, to where the that whole funk movement s- sort of... Yeah. Happen and think of what Keith Richards and and Paul McCartney and all those guys and Led Zeppelin. Where did they all go? Where did what were they attracted to in those early seventies? I, I years? just I discovered and there, it was there. Yeah, you know? I discovered the Neville Brothers from an article in Rolling Stone where they were interviewing Keith Richards and they talked about their Yellow Moon album. Oh yeah, and that's the first time I'd heard of the Neville Brothers, and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. we started going down to New Orleans was to catch some of this stuff. It will. Uh, it's the kind of place where I know you like me. You have a smile on your face the entire the entire time you're there, and you'll have that smile Saturday. Heartwood and our own Michelle Michaels is going to be out there emceeing.
she does a wonderful job and it's a big help and uh you know michelle's fans come out in force so if you're a michelle fan come on out we want to see you tickets and more information available at musicforms.org you guys have donated one hundred and sixty-two thousand five hundred dollars to the that's pa amazing. keystone chapter of national ms society in just four years yeah. that's uh that's yeah, huge that's congratulations great. and we need uh, everybody that's hearing this come out and help us on saturday and we'll get over two hundred thousand dollars this year uh, wonderful great. music for uh, ms the festival is saturday friday night the kickoff show at steamworks creative in hampton all of the details available at the website musicforms.org tim wolfson who busts his butt to make this happen every year Congrats once again on a, a fine festival lineup and looking forward to the festivities Saturday. Thank you very much. All right, man. Joining us right now, she is the proprietor of a brand new clothing store in Aetna. It's Kia Tomlin. Good morning, Kia. How are you? Very well, thank you. Should I call you Mrs. Tomlin? Uh, Kia's fine. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful. Mrs. Coach? So let me ask you, Kia, do you manage your staff the way that Coach talks to the players? You know, not going to live in our shears. The fabric is fabric. The negligee is the negligee. Obviously, I do. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to die with our heels on. Yeah, there, that kind of there thing. you go. Right. Like Brandy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, Val Porter's got your news right now. It was nice talking with Kia Tomlin earlier, her new store in Aetna. Work Obviously. Shop. Uh, I... Obviously, it's double entendre. Kia Tomlin's workshop. Work plus shop. Val, what do you got going on over there? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. For 11. It's 67 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. An extensive report from a two-year grand jury investigation accuses over 300 priests in Pennsylvania of widespread sexual abuse in the church. Uh, accuses the church of cover-ups. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro said it involves six dioceses in Pennsylvania, including Allentown, Erie, Greensburg, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, and Scranton. More than a 1,000 child victims were identified, and it's believed there are many more than that. Shapiro says the investigation into child sex abuse within the Catholic Church is still ongoing, but the statute of limitations is hindering prosecution. Bishop David Zubik of the Pittsburgh Diocese held a press conference yesterday, and uh, he addressed uh, everything that was released. We all must take this report to heart. It is a story of people's lives, people who need to be heard, people who need to be healed. Bishop Zubik took time yesterday to apologize again to abuse victims. Let me say that in the name of the Church of Pittsburgh, and in my own name, and in the name of my predecessors, we are sorry. I am sorry. A New York judge is ruling the casting couch culture in Hollywood allows Harvey Weinstein to be sued for violating sex trafficking laws. U.S. District Judge Robert Sweet said a lawsuit filed by an aspiring actress could move forward in a new ruling. Katie and Noble claims the studio boss asked her to his hotel room at a film festival to watch her demo reel, then molested her. Weinstein's attorney says she plans to appeal this ruling. The key to the ruling under the expansive sex trafficking laws passed by Congress is if there was an exchange of value, which would make it a commercial sex act, 
The judge ruled an opportunity to meet a powerful Hollywood executive has value for an aspiring actress. Weinstein's lawyers argued allowing the case to go through opens the door for any person in a position of power to be sued. It's funny that you went right from the church to Hollywood because a lot of the stuff that I've read about this Weinstein thing, there was a massive cover-up. Enablers mm-hmm. all along the way that allowed this guy to keep operating. A Western Pennsylvania state lawmaker is introducing a bill to prohibit the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores unless they come from shelters or rescues. Republican Representative Jason Ordete, who covers parts of Allegheny and Washington counties, says pet stores would need to partner with shelters and rescues to promote adoption. Ordete says responsible breeders do not use pet stores due to breeding club guidelines. Today is National Relaxation Day. The holiday reportedly started in 1985. It's a day that encourages people to take a break from their daily routine and do things that are not stressful, like reading a book, watching TV. I guess it would really depend on what you're watching. Uh, or taking a day off work and listening to lovely, relaxing music. No. <laughs> Let all that stress go. Oh, just... Put on some assless chaps (laughs) and relax. Something else you can do to relax is smell your significant other's clothing. Smell what? Ooh, these stink. According to a study from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, stress levels peak when a spouse smelled a stranger's clothing, while stress levels were reduced when smelling the clothing of their partner. When you smell your spouse's clothing, you unknowingly react to their scent. It's the pheromones that create a cascade of chemicals in your brain. That's why Matthew McConaughey doesn't wear deodorant. <laughs> he wants his Put pheromones my stank to on it. <laughs> make everyone feel good. I brush my teeth all day long, but I don't wear deodorant. <laughs> I love that. He's just like brushes his teeth for five hours and he stinks like it's not consistent. Oh, man, I wash with toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) No pheromones in your gums. So relax today. Don't do it. Try to relax. On National Relaxation Day. Also today, National Lemon Meringue Pie Day, which is my favorite pie. Uh, Well, why don't you relax with a lemon meringue pie (laughs) and smell on your neighbor's shirt? My neighbor? No, you can't smell your neighbor's (laughs) shirt. That'll freak you out. Smell Tim's shirt. Uh, that sounds guys, like a great day to relax. I was I was gonna say, what do you guys do to relax? Just lay there, watch mindless. Because that's television. not really relaxing. I kind of feel like uh, all I do is find ways to relax, and yet I'm super stressed out. <laughs> so I mean, maybe massage, my relaxing is being stressful. A massage is a good way. A massage, like a is relaxing good. massage, not a deep tish. We're not talking. Uh, Getting rolfed. Yeah, rolfing. (laughs) With an elbow in your trap. (laughs) No, that's not fun. Do you like to fall asleep during massage? Because sometimes I I do, but then sometimes I'm mad because I don't know how good it feels. Right. It's like, oh, Uh, I missed how great that felt. It it was so good it made me fall asleep. And how quickly does it take you to completely, like, just reassume all Uh, the cricks you have? Before I get to the car. Uh, (laughs) If I was a massage therapist... And my client fell asleep. I would be like, "Yeah, I'm not doing anything." <laughs> but if you're face down, you don't know. Just gonna now. If you hear, well, yeah, that's different. Or there's if, a line of drool contiguous if, from your mouth to the floor. Someone farts and doesn't say sorry. 
<laughs> do you close your eyes when you get a massage? I do. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, what are you going to make direct eye contact with the person <laughs> massaging you? I'm going to eat a banana Look while you're massaging up. me and stare at you in the right eye to eye. Go. Which <laughs> <laughs> is weird for you? Uh, I always close my eyes. Yeah. You guys got to come do that float tank with me. No. That's I'll relaxing. do it. It's relaxing. I will totally do it. Can I eat a banana in it? No. It, it I wouldn't recommend salty. that. Salty banana. It's salt water, right? Yeah. So you can float. Where, where is it? I'll go do it. It's in Squirrel Hill. I got to think of something for you Murray guys because you may. I we didn't make me do the cryo. You took me to do the. No, cryo. I. You already. Ha- you already have your idea. The uh, acupuncture. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that anytime. I love acupuncture. Yeah. I've never had it. It's awesome. We'll do it. Do I have to get as many needles as Debo used to get in them? Uh, I don't know. Didn't he have like three hundred? He had a lot, and they kept his, breaking on his, his walrus-like is, skin. His body's bigger than yours. It's true. Why do you have to say it out loud? <laughs> and the Girl Scout's going to be selling a new cookie next year. Yesterday, they announced the caramel chocolate chip cookie will join the 2019 Ooh. lineup. It will be the second gluten-free option to be offered joining the Toffee-tastic cookie. Caramel chocolate chip cookie will have a caramel and semi-sweet chocolate chip with a hint of sea salt combined to create a Ooh. sweet and salty taste in a chewy cookie. Put the toffee it. down, Tubby Tammy. So now they have 12 different... <laughs> options to choose from to get addicted to Mm. i mean i still like the classics you know trefoils i do the mint ones and the thin mints and the peanut butter ones you should oh you don't like the the samoas no no they have coconut in yeah i don't like coconut you should crush up the thin mints and put it on ice cream. Why don't you crush up the Ooh. thing? <laughs> wow, that's a great <laughs> or make idea. make it like a lizard. Like a what? Wait, what Val's was turning that? into Ch- Charlene Callis over there. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is a lizard? Blizzard. Oh. I thought you said lizard. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. If I describe something as crushing up a sweet treat and putting it in an ice cream... What would Introducing I call it? the Dairy Queen Lizard. <laughs> well, no, I didn't and know. You, just have this, like, you made a sound effect and you were hidden behind the thing. There's just a little gecko running around. around. Some like, high school kid oh. traps it in the corner and throws it in the blender. <laughs> That's bloody. <laughs> I couldn't see it. All right, guys. Mm, new Dairy Queen. <laughs> sounded Queen. like Lizard. Mm, the Gecko Shake. Mmm. <laughs> Former Today Show. You want another one? (laughs) I sure do. (laughs) Former Today Show host Matt Lauer is reportedly agreeing to a $20 million divorce settlement with his wife, Annette Roque. Uh, The New York Post says the divorce is in its final stages and that Lauer agreed to the multi million dollar payout out of guilt for having multiple affairs with women at work. (laughs) This is guilty money. She could have got a lot more out of them if she would have. Held out for should have. Uh, Lauer was <laughs> fired by NBC last November for what they called inappropriate workplace conduct. Yeah, when they fired him, were they like, you're, "I'm sorry, you're fired." Now, can you unlock us and uh, right, let us out of your I mean. office because you have your creep lock on? 
Lindsay Buckingham set to release a 53-track solo anthology and launch a North American fall tour. The aptly named Solo Anthology, The Best of Lindsay Buckingham, will be released October 5th as a three-CD set and also digitally. A six-LP vinyl edition will be available November 23rd. Meanwhile, his solo tour gets underway October 7th in Portland, Oregon. He'll play the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead on October 18th. Tickets go on sale this Friday, and his former band, Fleetwood, Mac will be at PPG Paints Arena on November first. A considerably bigger venue. Do you? Although he'll probably make more money playing by himself at the at the theater. Do you think he is consciously following their tour? I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> no, all that's the other hilarious. Dates. If he's doing it, it's the most Hitting passive aggressive thing. Yeah. Have you seen? Did you see the picture in the email that went out yesterday? Mm-mm. Oh my God, he looks like the Grinch without his makeup on. <laughs> look! Look! Look at the he picture very... of him that was sent out. <laughs> He Let looks like uh, looks like Art Garf- Garfunkel's little sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I've always wanted to see what uh, the Dame Judy Dench it. would sing like. <laughs> That's an interesting pose he's in. Also, yeah, yeah. sitting on some steps. It looks like Carol King got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Actor Liev Schreiber and his attorney have filed a motion to dismiss harassment charges against him. The Ray Donovan star appeared in a Rockland County court I yesterday. Didn't do it. Photographer Sherwood Martinelli claimed Schreiber swore at him and pushed his camera while he was taking photos of the I actor during him a, a dingleberry. <laughs> a filming it, no. of Ray Donovan in Nyack. Schreiber is charged with second degree harassment. When it comes to second degree harassment, I plead not guilty. <laughs> Humid today, sun and clouds, mid 80s. It's Epi- no. 68 at DV. <laughs> Dude, did you see Hard Knocks last night speaking no, of Schreiber? No, oh, I'm going to watch it today. We'll do got, the review tomorrow. Give him, give so everybody good. a chance to watch it today because it airs late. It airs at yeah, 10 o'clock. That's right. What's, past my bedtime. How many episodes are we in? Just two. Okay. Oh, yeah. I could probably get that. Todd it's Haley's so turning good, into a, uh, the NFL folk hero right now, he's, right? He's, he's going to single handedly save the Browns, isn't he? I love him. Come on! I'm serious. Would you it's, tumble for him? I would. I'll tell you what. You might have to if you hang out with him because you end up on a mechanical bull. <laughs> well, maybe we could just go get some lizards. <laughs> Delicious. Van Morrison's coming to town as part of the Outlaw Music Festival. Sturgill Simpson. Who else is on that? Uh, Margo. Is Margo on that? I don't know. I know Willie is. Willie Nelson's the headliner. The Common Heart uh, is going to be performing as well. Uh, But uh, Van Morrison hasn't played Pittsburgh in quite some time. 80 years. There are some tickets available still for that September 7th show, and you better get your arse out there early. I think the Common Heart goes on at 3? That's early. I know, but get out there early, enjoy the day, and see Van the yeah, it's the DV Morning Show, Van the Man, and uh, Bill thought Van Morrison and Morrissey were the same person, and that people <laughs> called Morris Van Morrison Morrissey as like a nickname. I thought he was uh, like a Canadian hockey player kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, oh, we're counting Morrissey. on Morrissey to wear the onesie on uh, <laughs> on stage tonight. You know, you got to have the purple onesie and the low kicks. People would always talk trash on Morrissey. I'm like, why do they hate this guy? He's awesome. No, yeah. Two Turns different- out, different guy. All together. It's good to know. Uh, you know that song, Hang the DJ? 
the no. Smiths like hang the DJ, hang the. I thought I thought he used to say I'm the DJ, and I was like, that's just a weird thing to yell. Over I'm and the over. DJ, but, but hang the DJ might be even. It's a little harsh. Yeah. yeah, my brother's a DJ. So are you. I don't think of myself that way. I don't know who Van Morrison and Morrissey are. <laughs> that's true. You you just you just got a punch in your DJ card. <laughs> Earn that back. <laughs> All right, Mike's got your sports when we return. Is he still here, or did he just give up on the whole thing? Because I uh, might have. I think he did. He yeah. was here a couple minutes Val's ago. Val's wearing a full-on uh, like uh, jacket. It's a, it's a ja- spring jacket. F it, I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> we should just get Madden to do a whole line of cold. F it, do. Madden's F it line. Uh, I wonder if they have seat heaters. They do. Like, um... Morrissey? What? <laughs> You know, like you a sit flap on you could put over the seat, and it's like a it's like a heating pad. I'm sure they do because they have those massage what? chair like about pads. A heating pad. Does that work? <laughs> Does that... No, it's not big enough. I want it for the whole chair. Oh, like a whole? Well, we could just we'll get you a heated chair. That would work. F it, no. <laughs> Mark Madden coming in. DV. Calm. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Brought to you this hour by Jared, the Galleria of Jewelry. Ben Roethlisberger went down and stayed down momentarily yesterday afternoon at Memorial Stadium in Latrobe. He didn't exactly bounce back up, but he eventually got up and walked out of the facility under his own power. That was the most significant development of what became the Steelers' last practice of training camp 2018 uh, Roethlisberger is in the concussion protocol, but he told a couple teammates that he's fine and uh, there was a lot of encouraging reaction to his being able to walk out of Memorial Stadium rather than have to be dragged out or carted out or otherwise assisted. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was uh, even able to respond to a couple of fans who were shouting some encouragement as he walked toward where the Steelers' buses were parked, and uh, he took a towel off that he had had wrapped around his shoulders and, and tossed it to the fans. Mean Joe style. Yeah. I didn't think of that yesterday, but that's, uh, that's a pretty apt comparison. I didn't hear the guy say, Thanks, Big Ben! He his kids are his concussion towel. He's like, Thanks, Big Ben! And he ran and put it on eBay. <laughs> That's what you that's, do with that's that the stuff, modern day Joe Green Coke commercial. The kid takes yep. it and sells it immediately online. I got to flip this. So, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, big story or yesterday. He sends the DNA to like Ancestry.com <laughs> and creates a false profile, steals his identity. How do you steal his identity? Very carefully. He's mean Joe Green. Do you remember the time he intercepted? He joked about having his Super Bowl ring stolen. He came on the show. It was after Rocky had his ring stolen, and I said, "Like, hey, how about Rocky had his Super Bowl ring stolen?" He goes, "Yeah, man, somebody stole mine one time," and I was like, "Oh my god, really? Are you kidding me?" And he goes, "Hell no, I'm Mean Joe Green," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mister Mean. I'm such an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, big story yesterday, and he has been one throughout training camp. He has performed at a level that uh, 
Well, quite frankly, the Steelers are probably going to need him to perform, Matt, based on the way things are shaping up. But uh, General Manager Kevin Colbert joining live from Latrobe last night at Sharkey's uh, talked about uh, Roethlisberger as not just getting older, but also getting better. You know, we're very fortunate to have what I believe is a future Hall of Famer still really peaking in his career. I don't think he's satisfied with with the two Super Bowls. I know he's not. He wants he wants more. And you know, the great Joe Green always said it's great to win and you know be a Super Bowl champion, but if you want to be really be great, do it again. And I, I Ben is driven to do it again, and he's showing that. Uh, by the physical condition he showed up in and then by the football performance that he put on so far in this training camp. So we're excited to you know, continue to work with that and, and get ready for Cleveland as he is. Yeah, everybody's talking about Cleveland. Nothing beyond that first one. Cleveland, September 9th. All you got to do is watch Hard Knocks and you'll get prepped for it. Yesterday being the uh, final training camp practice, it's uh, time to uh, once again break it all down for you in rapid-fire fashion. We've been doing this for a number of years here at the DVE Morning Show. The uh, drive at 7.30 at the end of the first half works so well, it's time to uh, close the game out with training camp 2018 in two minutes. I think if I put up in the chopper, you guys, I think it's pretty cool. So there you go. Everyone should be treated equally, but in positions on the team, you, know, you think Ben should be treated like Josh Dobbs? There's no way. Yeah, it sucks, man. It's like, I'll move the drill up, and you're like, the phone just went down, you know, it's tough. There's no concern whatsoever about our team's attitude, discipline, all that other stuff that gets talked about. Absolutely no concern. There are about four or five guys on our defense that's got to stand up. Two is one up. SD needs to stand up. Artie needs to stand up. Bud needs to stand up. And Vince needs to stand up. If they do it, then we got a chance to be real good. We're not the young guys anymore. No, we lost Chase here. We just start going by the book and not necessarily do our own thing, but we got to add a little swag to it. Don't be afraid. To, don't hold back. I hate the potential thing. You ever seen that Geico commercial? Pinocchio, you got potential. Nigga. Nose grows longer. Potential don't matter, man. You got to go out there and put the work in. I'm always communicating. I'm always talking. You can never have too much communication out there. We can't have any of those bust or missed assignments, you know, like we did in the past. They still call you boom Boston? Some people do, so... Yeah, I listen to you all the time, by the way. Obviously, on the kickoff return team, I want us to gain possession of the ball. I'm just trying to be stretched loose and ready to go out there and produce. Gotten a lot of compliments of what I've been able to do so far. Good to hear. Good things. Just catch it. Obviously, working on the jugs, it's kind of a mental aspect, too. This is not a patient man's business. I've never asked people to be patient. I'll ask them to work while they wait. I could care less about the first pass. I'm thinking about the next pass. I haven't reached my limit yet. They're depending on me. Can't let the team down. You know, that's kind of above my pay grade. But if I get in with Ben and just get the opportunity, I'm going to take it and run with it. Right now, I'm just guarding the tight ends most of the time. Some of it. Would you like a shot at covering him? Hopefully so. If it's me, SD, or Morgan, whoever they put on him, hopefully we can go out there and play our game. Let's talk about how we're going to beat Cleveland. That's the only thing we're worried about. What about New England? What about them? we got to beat Denver, right? No, we got to beat Cleveland. I was doing the math over a year of my life I spent here at St. Vincent College. And when I come here, it's like you, you still get excited. You still want to go and you want to win. And Yeah, I'm still driven. I still want to be great. That was Antonio Brown, Marquise Pouncey, Dave DeCastro, Kevin Colbert, Keith Butler, Bud Dupree, Pouncey again, John Bostic, Tony Steratore, Mike Tomlin, Stephen Ridley, Jesse James, Cam Sutton, Tomlin again, Mason Rudolph, Sean Davis, James Washington, Terrell Edmonds, Colbert again, and Ben Roethlisberger. I love that little exchange with Colbert. What about New England? What about him? <laughs> Got to beat New England. No. Got to beat Cleveland. <sighs> 
Well, last year, we didn't get to New England. Not the second time. Never got there. Never the had whole a round two never happened. Some of those I just put in for my own personal amusement. Uh, Tony's territory. Well, no, that was just representative of all the people who listen to oh, me okay. every day. Uh, Jesse James, when he said, yeah, I'm getting a lot of compliments. I said, what are you hearing? And he said, good things. As if I didn't know what a compliment meant. <laughs> hoping that he would, well, they say I'm blocking better or I'm doing this, but, you know, a little more detail. Expound someone says something nice about me. Yeah. They're saying good things about me, really. Yeah, good things. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. Well, Mike, he's a football player, not a science teacher. Hopefully we'll be saying good things about Chris Archer tomorrow. Yeah, he's on the mound this afternoon. Pirates really need to get a win in Minnesota. They failed to do that last night. Five to two, they fall to the Twins. Uh, Jamison Tyone, dominant early, but uh, got scuffed up a bit in his last three innings. He went six, gave up three earned runs. Uh, the bullpen, uh, specifically Richard Rodriguez, turned uh, a one-run game into a three-run game. Pirates fall to 61-59, and 59, eight out in the division and five out in the wild card chase. They've got the Twins this afternoon, uh, Archer against Jose Barrios, and then four against the Cubs starting Thursday at PNC Park. Ivan Nova against John Lester. It is time for a winning streak or... Time to start uh, thinking about next year. Mark Madden joins us next on DV. It's the DV morning show. You guys all done? Wrap it all up over there. Nice, tidy little bow. We're a lot of talk off the air. Yeah, we are. Just not, You can't silence us. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just asking if you're done. Actually, or would you like to continue this on the air? I'll be glad he, he, he to bring the subject us. back up again. As usual, it's one of those things we can't really discuss on the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> that happens so a lot the answer, in this studio. Effort, no. All right. <laughs> Mark Madden uh, joining us right now. You are melting down on Twitter. No, you, I'm not. You are. No, I'm not. There's a bit of a meltdown. I don't even, I don't even respond to people on Twitter I don't know. Mm. I don't. I, I feel like uh, you, you hit an, um, something emotional must be occurring right now. I haven't I haven't responded to the hoi polloi on Twitter for uh, over four months now. But you do indirectly with your posts. You you attack people and bloggers. No, those are just and... posts. Those are just oh well, bloggers like the semi professionals, the below the line media. I reserve the right to torment them. Mm-hmm. Is that who the below the line media is? There's a lot of below the line media, Bill. A lot. Okay. So Pursuta hates him as much as I do. He's just I do. not as vocal. I that is, you are correct on both accounts. Um, like the one Bucko blog guy, he said, "If I have to dumb down my information to keep this site alive, I'd rather do that than stay in business and be as stupid as some others are." So I tweeted at him, "TikTok baby, that's exactly what's happening." All right, I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about, but like, nor do most people, but he does, and that torments him. All right, so you, this is a very popular you, show. You are resp- you'll hear about it. You're responding to people right there. That's you responding to somebody. No, it is. It's making an independent statement. Did you reply to him on Twitter when you said it? I replied. I may have yes, but he's, uh, he's okay. <laughs> well, then that's responding. Well, but but it's it's he he technically, like I said, he's not quite the hoi polloi, but he's the below the line media. Why are you obsessed with Antonio Brown's shortcomings when everybody has already accepted them? Because I don't accept them, and I think the way he treated Ed Bouchette was d- despicable. I don't disagree with you. And I think there's no excuse for showing up four hours late at Children's Hospital. I don't disagree with you there either. I mean, and I don't think people have accepted his shortcomings. 
I don't think there is a plethora of people out there who rightly acknowledge the truth, which is that he's a horse's ass. Uh, but he's good enough to be a horse's ass. That's as may be. That doesn't mean the opinion, and really it's fact at this point, that he's a horse's ass shouldn't be shared. Who uh, do you dislike more, Juju or A.B.? Uh, A.B. Let me tell you, I used to give Heinz Ward a hard time because of his ego. Yeah, his ego was was uh, Com- legendary. Compared to A.B., Heinz Ward might as well be Clem Clemson, a member of Humble Pie. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, just, it, it just escalated so badly with A.B. See, I think Lev, because he's not here, it's easy to sort of ignore him. But his ego is right up there. His uh, Don't forget about him. His aloofness. I, I think they both share that quality. They are the aloof troop. See, you're dragging me into ripping the Steelers on the flagship, and some people won't be happy about that. Can't we talk about something else? I'm just talking about what is driving your your the narratives on Twitter right now. It's not it's a narrative. It is. Uh, There's a thread that is continuous through your Twitter postings. Well, and tomorrow it'll be something else. Could Juju redeem himself in your eyes? Juju reportedly has had a bunch of really good practices. What do you mean redeem themselves? Why would they care? Why would anybody care? No. What if he went to Children's and showed up on time? I'm saying. (laughs) What if he was early? Could he? (laughs) Could his actions are? Do you think it's he's he's a lost cause already, or is he young enough to turn it around? Like AB is not going to all of a sudden. I think like you know what, guys, I've been acting like a jackass. I I I think you think I I think about this more than I do. Say that again, and this time provide (laughs) flowchart. Norton, you know that I know. (laughs) You know that I know. Uh, What do you think, AB? Oh, I think he's uh, the greatest wide receiver the Steelers have ever had. I think he's the biggest narcissist possibly in the history of the NFL. And they are at the point now where his contributions outweigh the distractions off the field. And the second it's the other way around, so long. Well, what I'm waiting for, and this will be the (laughs) final coronation of my perception of A.B. as fact. When Ben retires, A.B. will be out of Pittsburgh like grain through a goose. He he ain't gonna want to stay around and and break Mason Rudolph in at the expense of his numbers. He will flee like a criminal. Is Lev Bell gonna go right to Cleveland with uh, Todd Haley? Because Todd's gonna be the head coach. There, there's no doubt. Hugh oh, Jackson so. has no idea what he's doing. I hope so. We're two episodes that, in, that, and the, that everybody Todd, already that, that exchange between Todd Haley and Greg Williams was tremendous. What? Although, let me How ask you this: Is Greg Williams? Let me ask you this though. How much of that stuff is legit and organic, and how much do you think they kind of quasi-stage for hard knocks? A little from column A, a little from column B. Oh, I, I think it's all organic. Do you really? Yeah, how could you yeah, get those think, guys to Those guys act. are so focused on those practices, and they, they have walkthroughs and meetings. And, and a lot of no, times, the cameras so, are like they're far so away. in the moment. I think they're just being who they are. Why can't we talk That's about it? I think it's the beauty of the show, by the way. Yeah, I, no, it's a great show. It's a great I show. I love it. Uh, and I think you're right. I, I think I think those guys are so obsessed with every second of their jobs. Yeah. They are anally overprepared and good way to put it. Overfocused. Uh, Rayno, why can't we talk about some of the good guys on the Steelers? Because you only talk about the bad guys. No, I don't. That's not true. Let Should... me go through your Twitter feed and find out who the, which good guys oh, are you Twitter's, talking about. Twitter's just Twitter. Listen to my show. <laughs> no, Twitter informs you. You can learn show. a thing or two. No, I Villanueva. You listen to my show and learn a I do. And learn a thing. I do. Too. It's brilliant. <laughs> I really enjoy it. I would, that's Val, a, tremendous. Don't you mean our show? <laughs> well, uh, don't don't no, ask me. Ask him. Just not. <laughs> the, the show. Look, who are the good guys on the Steelers? Um, one guy I've, I've given a lot of credit to in the past uh, year or so. I think Marquise Ponce came to Pittsburgh as a very immature guy. 
as witnessed by the Free Hernandez hat and various shenanigans. And now I think he's become the leader in the locker room and a very solid contributor and citizen in every which way you can. I think to a lesser extent that applies to Marcus Gilbert as well. I think those are two guys really the two worth Florida talking guys turning it around. Don't you agree, Triff? Yes, on both. Yeah, so, so you know. I don't know that Gilbert was uh, as outspokenly rogue as Pouncey early. No, I agree, but... Uh, but he's a, he is now a spokesman and a leader and that yeah. veteran presence type guy. But, Pounce, yeah, Pouncey looms. Didn't Pouncey, like, recruit Gilbert to come to play for the Steelers? I think of, he, he like sold her, Kevin Colbert yeah. as much as he could on the idea. Yeah, because he got to get drafted. But, but you know, I think there's a lot of great stories with the Steelers. I think if the one guy didn't, you know, jump in front of every camera and make himself the victim every single chance he got, then some of those more positive stories would shine through. And, and that's why I just don't think – I mean, I know Triv is around the team a lot more and he devalues this, but I just don't think a team with that lack of focus is ever going to beat a team with a lot of focus. Then again, they don't even have to wait to get to the Patriots to get eliminated. Like, I wrote a column in the Trib about how it's amazing the Bell and Brown version of the Steelers hasn't accomplished more. And a bunch of people tweeted back, well, they can't get past the Patriots. The Patriots are an all-time great team. And that's true, but the Patriots have only eliminated the Steelers once since Bell and Brown have been on a team If together. they hired Hocus Pocus to sing the national anthem at Game 1, would that improve their focus? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> wait, is that is that... Wait, no, I just did Frankenstein by Edgar Witter, I think. Yeah. Yes, you did. What what brought up Hocus Pocus? Wait, did focus. I... Focus. Oh, oh, no, it wouldn't help. No. <laughs> Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. No. I would like Effort. to see it, yes. No. I would, too. Who do you think would be the uh, best uh, classic rock national anthem pick for the Steelers this year? Not Sticks. That's a good question. More I have see. a good answer. Go ahead. Joe Walsh. That would be a great answer. That's tremendous. I like that. Bring in Joe Walsh to sing the anthem. A medley, the anthem in Rocky Mountain Way. <laughs> <laughs> Time to open fire. Where is the uh, the Super Bowl this year? Atlanta. All right. Bring in Ray Lewis to kill somebody again. <laughs> Two people. <laughs> Just a reenactment. I wonder if that Hall of Fame jacket will wind up in a dumpster in Atlanta somewhere. <laughs> I stole that. I forget from who. That's okay. It's, okay. it's funny. Uh, uh, Aerosmith residency. In you're Vegas. very excited about this. I was pointing out to these guys last week when the news uh, hit about somebody finding their original tour bus. Did you see that? Yeah, that was great. A van. Yeah, it was Pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, and I, I was saying how great their first album is and how I listened to it over and over and over. And I loved those guys so much. And they changed. There's like two Aerosmiths. Of course there is. I mean, there's probably you, two at, or three Def Leppards, too. At what point do you devalue Aerosmith's work, though? At what point do I devalue it? Like, what Don't point do you think? You thing. seem to think they went down Diane Warren. The ballads. They made. They stopped writing their own songs, and they got Diane Warren to write songs for them. Well, that's that's a valid point, but but some of those songs were pretty good. I didn't like the Armageddon song, even though it was a huge hit. That's you, it. You know what? That was very reminiscent of when, when Aerosmith had the hit with the, what's that song called? I Don't Want to Miss a Thing? Yes. That's it. That's it. Um, which they have to perform at concert, because how can you not? Because it was their biggest hit. Very much like Foreigner with I Want to Know What Love Is. It, it was a huge hit. I know. I Want to Know What Love Is is, is a, a, a jam, and that's consistent with uh, what they were doing. Aerosmith, completely. Like, when they did Pump, they were starting to lose me a little bit. I mean, Angel is a little bit of a drone, as good as it was in the 90s and everything. 
The, I mean, the first four albums Aerosmith put out are rockers. Like you Van like Halen's the first, first one more than I do. I, I thought the first one was kind of like so a, a awesome. feeling out process. Night in the Ruts. Are you kidding me? That's a great album. Killer. Even you know what you know what the, the underrated Aerosmith album is. By the way, the first album I didn't like Tyler's vocals, and Tyler didn't either. Well, they're sparse. Yeah, he's not. It's like he's like scared to sing. The only the only song I, where he wasn't was Dream, Dream On. Dream On. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, the underestimated Aerosmith album is uh, Lightning Strikes. No, which, that, which did, that rock did, in a hard place, which didn't, uh, which didn't include Joe Perry. Joe Perry or Brad Whitford, yeah. yeah. Was that, what was it called, Rock in a Hard Place? Yeah. And the single was Lightning Strikes. Yes, when the lightning strikes. Which, I can't which they the, still play in concert occasionally. That's Really? Joe Perry allows yep, them to do yep, that? Because yep. he went off on Joe Perry Project at that point. Yeah. And that's where they kind of, like, everything got askew. Uh, and when they came back and did Permanent Vacation... And was it Pump? And then the there was permanent vacation one. didn't have a hit, and that's when like that guy, the A and R guy from Geffen Kaladner, took over and steered them in the direction that they went, better or worse. I just hate the fact that I I, I have a better chance of hearing this stupid song. I don't want to miss a thing than I do of hearing uh, Kings and Queens. I agree. I I agree. And if and if I pick their set list, it wouldn't include much, you know, from the latter period. But it's still such a great band with such a great songbook, and they're so great live still. Do you not like ballads or just their ballads because they, of what they were? They just veered. They were our Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, this was very commercial, very poppy. They veered so far away. They became hit maker. It's just... Have you, when was the last time you saw them, though? Oh, God. In the 90s. Wow, that long ago. It's been... A, it's been I, they're, I, they're still so good. I gave a, I got really mad at them. They're still so good. Uh, my, okay. favorite, my, my favorite. My favorite. They con- played at Jazz Fest this year, and I didn't even go. My favorite. I, I was at. I was wow. in New Orleans, and I didn't go. That's incredible. And my, I had my, a ticket. My favorite concert ever involved Aerosmith, and even though they're not in my holy three of groups, the Holy Trinity, uh, White Snake, Zeppelin, and UFO, I saw. Uh, those are three great groups. I don't Dude, know what you guys are like, laughing at. That's like having a mouth. Wait, White Snake is number one. No, no, no. Uh, uh, in no particular, no particular order. order. No. If, if you made me, if you made me name an order, if if you made me rate the order, I listen to them in the the quantity. UFO leads up on White Snake, but I listen to all. That's a like lot. Lincoln, Roosevelt, Polk. No, White Snake's really good, <laughs> and we're really and we're really good on this tour. But my favorite concert ever was Aerosmith and Guns and Roses in Wheeling. In, in like '88, oh, I bet that was awesome. And, and like, because you had all these 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 whacked out hillbillies on various donners and crack <laughs> and meth, and they're out of their minds. And Guns N' Roses is whacked out of their minds yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're coming up through the ranks at that point, like coming really big. And Aerosmith's on their comeback, and they're trying to kind of like fend off Guns N' Roses. It was just so good. Both shows were really good. good. I bet that was good. And, and my favorite, my favorite concert opening. But tell me when you first didn't hear "Welcome to the Jungle" and you heard the, that was you're like, dude, this is Aerosmith. Like wh- my first thought in ninth grade or whatever it was, I'm like, I was mad because I was such an Aerosmith fan. I'm like, these guys are just ripping off Aerosmith riffs. And then you know, I appreciated it for something other than that. But they took it past that. I think, don't you? It's a straight Aerosmith riff. A lot of, yeah, but but then again, Bronstone's Bo Diddley. I mean, everything started somewhere. There's nothing out there much that's that's original now. But uh, and the best concert opening I ever saw was in Vegas. Yeah, it was Aerosmith as well. Um, opening song, "Draw the Line," which is my favorite Aerosmith awesome song. Tune. And they had the long runway down in front of the stage. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I hadn't seen this done before. I'm sure it had been. Uh, Tyler and Perry 
came on a hydraulic riser through the runway and were immediately at the top of the runway when the lights hit. It was bathed in white light. Uh, Perry always uses the plexiglass guitar for Draw the Line, and the light just hit that and went, you know, like a spotlight into the crowd. It was just incredible. Toys in the Attic. Just an attack right away. I know they don't love that album, but... How can they not love that album? Because I think they were really smacked out when they did it. And <laughs> well, there's that. They recorded it in Wheeling, I think. But, like, you know, same old song and dance has that awesome riff and just... Oh, and even the songs you don't hear that much. Like, this morning I was listening to the... Uh, what's the uh, what's the boot, live bootleg? The live bootleg mm. album? Like, Sick as a Dog. Sick as a Dog. With, with, mm-hmm. with, with one of the best fade-outs mm-hmm. ever. It's just like... Their work is so good. I still think they are the American Rolling Stones. They may have lost their path a little bit, but they are the American Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones lost their path a little bit, too. When they started writing all the songs, they just had one word in the title. Angel. Pink. Crying. Amazing. Yeah, that was... Do they think they are? Pearl Jam? I saw... No, I would have fallen asleep during Pearl Jam. I, uh... I, I saw Rod Stewart was excellent too. Seventy three years old, he was. Still oh, old. I heard Cindy Lauper was great. You know what? I'm, it, tribute to her. I'm not a Cindy Lauper fan necessarily, but she has some really good songs. Yes. And live, she has kind of a quirky charisma that's very endearing. I I thought her part of the show held up its end of the bargain. And Rod was great. I mean, he visibly runs out 75. of gas. Seventy three. So geez, that's old. He visibly I mean, runs because he lived a hard forty years. Before Every this. woman in that building still wanted to sleep with him. Seriously. Oh, he still looks the part, dresses the part, sounds the part. He's still very much Rod Stewart. Just, uh, he runs out of energy, but then he does like the lengthiest sit-down set in rock history, which I don't begrudge him because he has some songs that fit that genre, and it was just really good. Did he do Have I Told You Lately? Yes. Yeah, that gets a little... He, he's very much like Aerosmith. If I could, I'd pick a different set list. Right. But it's still all really good. Like That's what I like about the prospect of the Aerosmith residency. Because if you go see an artist like multiple times in a week in that residency, mm-hmm. they change the set list a lot. And, and like Rod Stewart, I saw twice in a week in Vegas. And the, the last uh, song, the last uh, songs he did at the last night of the, the, the of the of the residency were "Angel," "Every Picture Tells a Story," "Stay with Me." I just like you know, yeah, that's all, great. All the stuff I sat around and waited to hear, I finally heard. I mean, you probably are going to end up seeing Steven Tyler do an encore of his "Bro Country." I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think Joe Perry might allow lightning strikes, but he won't allow that. Yeah. Well, you may be right about that. You love that, that album, right? Uh, Steven Tyler's Bro Country album. Yeah. No, it's the worst piece of garbage that has ever been committed to. Uh, <laughs> to, to. Yeah, take I I agree. Digital. Steven Tyler is a handful. Yeah, he's annoying. That's what I mean. Like they, it became about fame and less about the best. The best story is in Perry's book the way he tells it. When remember when when Zeppelin was auditioning singers when Plant didn't want to do it, and I still think they should have done it by the way with Miles Kennedy, but they auditioned Tyler. <laughs> Miles Kennedy is the bridesmaid of he's, rock and roll, he's, is he? he he's uh, the he's, new voice of classic rock. Yeah. He came along just late enough to not make enough money. Oh, he's <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> but uh, I always picture he's like painting houses in between gigs and stuff, like. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Never gets a. G- I, I, gets I met a him gig. at uh, the Guns N' Roses comeback shows in Vegas. I saw this guy in like I was in club seats. I saw this guy go. That looks like Miles Kennedy. I go up and hey, are you Miles Kennedy? He goes yeah. And I go oh man, you do a great job. I go shame. And this was a really and he was like thanks. What can I get you to drink? And, <laughs> <laughs> well, this was really kind of a marky thing to say. A family. I think I'm sorry that Zeppelin thing didn't work out. 
He goes, yeah. He goes, wish I would have taped the rehearsals. It sounded great. Oh. But uh, but uh, I uh, t- Perry's book, he tells about, you know, I guess he talked, because Perry and Jimmy Page are friends. Yes. Perry said that when Tyler auditioned for that Zeppelin thing, they couldn't get him out of there fast enough. Uh, who doesn't believe that? Of course. And, 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 and like at, at the end of the rehearsal. But there was a time where he would have yes, yes. filled that role suitably, but not now. Uh, but like he still sounds pretty good. It just that wouldn't work now. That wouldn't work. Right. But uh, but uh, the the story goes that uh, you know Page played some new material he'd written. Tyler listened to it and says, "Look, there's not a hit here. You got to work with people like Marty Fredrickson. You know, you know people he works with." Yeah. The next day, Tyler showed up for more rehearsal. All that was waiting for him was a plane ticket. Yeah. There you go. Window or aisle. Because <laughs> there's 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 not too many people in rock and roll that Steve and Tyler can't talk down to jimmy page is very definitely one of those no doubt about that how about the missed opportunity saturday night in pittsburgh could have been a legendary walk-on at the rod stewart jeff show. beck jeff beck was down the street did you go no are yeah. you interested in seeing jeff beck i would be it would depend who's in the band i does he still have towel playing bass the the i i don't know because i was in chicago to see paul rogers because paul rogers how was, was that a, it was great Right, we got to go. We're going way late, but that was good. Who do you, who's in his band? Uh, just a bunch of g- creeps from England. He calls it Free Spirit. It's it's like his 50th anniversary free tribute. Do you see all the same people you see at the UFO shows at those kind of creep shows? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Larry, Ethan, hi. What's up? But, but Beck was Me the headliner. Either. Okay. Beck was the headliner, which I thought was I thought Paul Rogers should have been the headliner. But Beck's the headliner, right? First off, Ann Wilson opened, sang nine songs, one heart song. Zeppelin. Uh, no, a bunch. She did two Who songs. She did Life in the Fast Lane. She's done a covers album. Okay. She, but, but anyway, so I stuck around for Beck's first three songs. I never heard of any of the three songs. <laughs> it was totally self indulgent. So I just went and got some deep dish What's pizza. Jeff Beck. Yeah, he's the he's best. He's as gu- fluid as Jeff Beck. He's the best guitar player nobody's ever really heard of. All right, we got to go. This was good talk, though. Let's, it was. Next time, let's do uh, more of this and less of. Uh, no, let's do more of everything. I liked it all. I, it was Start wonderful. To finish. Is this on podcast? Why not? I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.